This is all making me hungry. Fried okra. I love fried okra. Fried okra is really good with hot sauce. See, I, I, I just took some Altacast. That's what happens. I was talking about food, and now I'm getting hungry. Time. Thank you, Sean Lamar. No problem. And Altacast helping me bring lunch. Thank you, Alta California. Thank you very much. Alta California deliciousness. So I am Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, with our Coco, Coco host. Coco. Coco. <laughs> Literally Coco host. Coco Shala. host, Coco in the house. Shala. Oh, man, I met this guy last night. He's a fucking comedian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What happened? His name is fucking Cray Cray. Guess how black he is? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Jesus. No. How was he? He was awful. What do you mean? <laughs> how was he? It was fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> His name is Craig. Craig. I just got up and like for the first <laughs> for the first couple of jokes, I just was like, "Oh yeah, is that from your hometown? Is that from your hood, Cray Cray? You guys use that a lot where you're from? Jesus. You're so black right now. You're so black. I'm so glad you came here." <laughs> And I got to experience what cray cray is. <laughs> I just had this look on my face of disgust. Just, but don't Jesus. you love? Don't you love it when they assimilate into our culture? Oh, he got on stage and was like, oh, "My name is Cray Cray. That just mean I'm crazy, y'all." I'm like, man, oh, this is no. not serious. I mean, okay. So one thing I can say about him was that he did these different voices, and he was very good at it. But he needs to fucking drop the cray cray shit and fucking like do some other shit. That's not, it's not cool. That's like, that's what it's about being black in San Francisco, right? Cause we gotta like, cause there's like no black influence here, but yet you have people who are doing these black things and they're like, oh, this just came from nowhere. Like, no, that actually came from black people. Like twerking, that's black shit. That's been around for ages. There's, there's videos. We can pull up, uh, uh, what's his name? Juvenile's video from the 2000s. Back that ass up. Dude, we can pull up like can videos go, from 1990 where people are shaking their ass. Yeah. I mean, Come on, Luke. Yeah. There's a whole fucking booty base movement First of around all, twerking. Let, let's, Just, we can go even further to like, we can go to Jamaica where they've been twerking forever. Yeah. I mean, that shit ain't new. That's all I'm saying. So like, I like a lot of, t- to me, being black in the Bay Area is having to see things and not necessarily being able to say something about it. You know, like I hurt their feelings. Not just that, like people won't understand what I'm saying. People will never be on my side. You know what really? I'm saying? Like whenever I go into the conversation where I'm like, people are just like, no, let him express himself. And I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking bullshit. Fuck you guys. You know, like this is a fucking outrage. If he, if he, he would never do this shit in Alabama. He would never fucking come to where I'm from around all those fucking thug ass black folks and, and, and be caught up on stage as cray cray. Do you think he could, would do, fu- could dude, he pull he, that shit up in New York? I don't know. I've never been to New York, so I don't really know how they, how I, I, they vibe. He probably wouldn't be able to pull that shit off. Dude, he probably couldn't go to Oakland and do that shit. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he can't do that in front of a black crowd. Because it's, it's outrageous. I was hella offended. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the problem. That, that I think that's the problem when people like to assimilate into our culture. They get it all wrong. They want to take it. It's they like would. it's like it's like you know um, when they like okay, so they gave us soul food, quote unquote. They gave us soul food, and now you have like white people owning these soul food restaurants who like oh, I can cook barbecue better than anybody. Really? <laughs> oh, you can cook Chinese food better than everybody too? Like you you don't know any black owned Chinese restaurants? <laughs> 
That's what I'm like, why you just like that, yo? That shit's going on. Well, that's what I mean about the integration. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I dig it. It's cool. No, I'm not. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying like, a lot of times I don't even say anything, and people just assume that you know that nothing's going on because Sean's not saying anything about racism. Nothing's going on. But the I'm just yo. I'm being nice. You know what I'm saying? Like we're friends, so I don't I don't want to tell you every time I see something racist, which is every day, almost every <laughs> second of my life living in the Bay. I just I don't have time to be like, oh yeah, this person's racist, and then you're gonna be like, are you sure? Are you sure he's racist? You're gonna question. Yeah. You're gonna question the fact of is this racism? It's almost like a game show. It, yeah, it's it's fucking it, it's really. I'm just not into it, you know, and 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 like. It's a little assaulting to me when people are like, you're racist and you don't like white people. And I'm like, man. And I say, yes, you're absolutely right. You just don't know. You just don't know what I endure. You don't fucking know. You don't have a clue. I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't like white people. And I know white people that don't like white people. I do it sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, don't get mad at me that I don't like white people. I know you guys. I've been around you guys. Come on. I, I I know I know white people. It's not and, and 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 I'm just joking. I don't not like white people. I do. Like I, white I, people. I know. I, I I wasn't joking about hating everyone equally though. Oh yeah. That I wasn't joking. I'm about. a hippie. I love everybody. I fucking it's all hate. Love. I used to love, but my love turned to hate. Seriously. Wow. It's yeah. But I mean, that's how I balance things. It's a balance, you know. Namaste. I hate everyone equally. There we go. Nice awful it's awful and especially being a woman of color because now here's i mean the fact of the matter it's even harder where you know this trend of big booties this is going back to what the cray cray thing why is it all of a sudden so cool to have an ass when there's in my culture it's always been I mean, well, that's not okay. I have a better question than that because um, this is something that I noticed the other day, and uh, this is probably the first time I noticed it. Is uh, well that I that I thought anything about it is all these people that are dying their hair. Have you noticed that people Whoops. wearing all these different colors in their hair? No, I'm not talking about you, like blonde. Obviously, that's not really. A, I'm trying to be a blonde. Well, no, I mean like blue, red, and green. Yeah. Like, you, like you remember who used to do that? Punks. No, fucking black girls. Oh yeah. Black girls used to always have that shit in their hair. Oh yeah, and punks. They just started doing this shit. Yeah. It, well, punks used to do it, and then black girls did it. No, I promise you when. When people used to see that color in their hair, they used to be like, that's ghetto. That's true. That's so ghetto. Oh, oh you have true. red in your hair? You're fucking ghetto. That girl is ghetto right there because she got color in her hair. That, that's true. And now all of a sudden, everybody's got it, and it's just like a thing to do. Like, you can get jobs and shit with color in your yeah. hair. What the fuck? Well, and that... That's just another... That's just... That, like, that I just is noticed, a good observation, by I, the I way. just noticed little stuff that's like that. That's a good observation. And by the way, I hate that word ghetto. I really fucking despise it. Well, it's the that. same thing as ratchet. It's, it's the same thing as ratchet. No, and to me, when people say ghetto, it's almost saying like niggerdom. That's what that word means to me. Like when I hear people, especially, again, I work in the marina, and when I hear people saying like, what are you trying to be ghetto or something? And I'm like, a red flag just comes up. And I'm like, oh. You ins- you're insulting black people. You're insulting black people. That's what that means to yeah. me. That's what that means to me. Or that's hella ghetto. I don't even say that anymore. 
just because it's just like I'm I'm not even from the ghetto. I don't know shit about the ghetto. All I know is the fact that when you're saying something like that, that's ghetto. That means it's not presentable. It's not likable. It's kind of a turnoff. It, it's all negative things when you hear the word that's ghetto. Yeah. And that negative dialogue also attaches that to people of color. That's what I don't like. I don't. I don't think white people should use the word ghetto unless they're Jewish and their great great granddaddy was born in the ghetto. Which, by the way, that's how the word originated. From uh, Jews. From Jews. Yes. Jewish ghettos. I said something about Jews the other day. Well, you know what? I shouldn't. This is not that show. I'm sorry. Do it. Say it. No, this is not that show, man. Yes, it can be that show. This is the AltaCast. This is the AltaCast, but we, we break it down here. I don't know if you've listened to Pam yeah, I've been on it and I rant. Times. Yes. I, I want can't. you to say it. Yes, no. you can. You won't be banned. No, I know. I won't be banned, but I just... Only from MTV. And my comedy career, because goddamn Jews own that shit, too. <laughs> Jesus. And the media. Fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just be, I'll just be quiet. Nah, I'm cool. Sean <laughs> is pleading the fifth on this one, folks. I'm cool. I'm cool. He, We're cool. Everybody's cool. He's Everybody the, cool out there? Listening to cool <laughs> vibes? Just jamming out, you know, the AltaCast. <laughs> to that ghetto stuff. Yeah, the ghetto. The ghetto. Oh, my God. I heard you on the AltaCast. You were like, so ghetto. ghetto. Seriously. I want it. <laughs> it's awful. It's is it awful though? Uh I mean, you know, it's whatever. I guess I don't, I don't really gotta deal with it. Yeah, you do every day. Mm, I don't I mean I choose. I kinda choose to deal with it, you know. You just don't trip. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's absolutely what that's it is. I don't trip. Because yeah. I just don't I don't care about tripping. I don't care about tripping about it. No. So only when it needs to be tripped. You sometimes, ha- sometimes you know, I gotta get out there. You I gotta pick and choose your battles. I gotta be on. like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> has that happened to you recently? Mm, has that happened to me recently? No, I've been cool recently. That's good. Yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, the cray cray. That was the cray cray. <laughs> I could not. I just could not. I just could not like not say something. <laughs> So what did you say to him? I didn't say it to him. Well, I said it to him on the stage. But that's what I said. I was like, oh, is that where you're from? Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's where you're from? Is that your hood? Like, you're representing Cray Cray? You guys use that all the time? And, and I don't know. He probably learned it from uh, Black Embarrassment Television, BET. He probably did, man. You know, and by the way, I have to say, Black Embarrassment Television is the devil. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of acronyms for uh, you know, bet. <laughs> for bet. You can bet there's gonna be some awful shit playing on that goddamn channel. What's it called? Bet. <laughs> bet. See, I just would call it black black it's embarrassment bet. television, but I like bet. Just bet on it. Bet. You can bet. There's gonna be some awful shit playing. Yeah, I think that's where like a lot. I haven't watched BT since like the 90s. Like, it's so bad. Like, it's, okay, I'm lying. I, I did. I, I watched it in the 2000s, but like. I, I, it's, it's really bad. It's pretty fucking terrible. It's man. terrible. It's always, I, it, it's been bad for a long time. This is man. how Cray Cray got his start. He was watching Black Embarrassment TV. Bet. How weird. 
Where do you think a lot of people get their influence from? It's not because of their friends. It's what they see on the TV. You got your bet and and your MTV, your minstrel show. You know. Yeah. I got a bunch of people jiving and shucking and shucking and jiving. <laughs> oh yeah, look at me. Oh yes, little massa. Yeah, I'll dance with a checks. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I won't. I will definitely dance. For I won't. I'm already a, a a bartender, so I'm already prostitute myself. So I got to be nice to people for tips. Nice. Yeah. How's I that call, working? I call it prostitution with I can't a tray. do it. I can't do it. I can't it's do not it. bad. You know, I like it because again, I feel like being in the service industry is like a social experiment as well. You see all walks of life. <laughs> you see all walks of life. You have in the to marina. The, oh God. Oh no no no. No, Marina, they very, they special. Yeah. They very special out there. Like, even my white friends who go out there, they hate it. They're like, I don't like those white people. I do not like those white people. Well, there's a different, you know, like, I don't think people understand. That's another thing in the South um, is that the white people in the South are not the same as, no. like, uh, just, uh, the white people up here oh no not the so, same so not at all like the racism cannot be the same you know oh no i would even say that you're dealing with a with a with a smarter more Savvier. conniving white man up here only because you know it's so blatant and out in the open there you know well it's like you have to think economics <laughs> basically well yeah that also too also too you i mean know? they're a lot poorer in the south I mean, there, there's, there's still there's still places in the South where you don't you don't fucking ever see white people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I lived in Montgomery and I didn't have any white friends. So like literally, white people really did not exist to me unless really? I was like getting pulled over or I had to, you know, try to get a job somewhere. Like for the most part, they really didn't exist. Really? Uh, yeah, because they don't they don't fuck with us. They don't like us. A lot of them like. They don't pretend like here. They'll pretend like, oh yeah, I'm your buddy, but really they fucking hate black people. I really, yeah. But in the south, they don't fuck with you. If Absolutely. they don't like you, they don't fuck with they you at like, all. Exactly. They let you the know. The majority of them do not fuck with black people down there. They'll so. let you know where they stand. Yeah. So the I appreciate that more than the smile in your face and shake your hand. Well, I'm down with it, and and that's why you why I can actually be okay with you know integration because like I've actually been around where basically or segregation. Segregation. I mean because like I've actually been around where there's nothing but fucking black people there and you know like i had to worry about being robbed by a black person or you know beat down by a black cop <laughs> i'd rather have the cop police are equal to police beat my are ass. equal opportunist okay true true they will fucking kill white people also yes uh, there's actually that story that's going on i think it was in south carolina about the white boy that got shot by the popo is this the one he had his headphones in or something couldn't hear him i saw that one i watched that boy die um i think that might be a different one this one he had i like, can't watch that shit no the, more what videos i can't do it i just stopped you're done yeah they're brainwashing us man i posted on this i posted on this how they found a study that um that black women are being depressed by watching these police videos by watching black people get murdered over and over again i mean that's basically what we're doing we're watching we're watching black people get murdered over and over again lynching a public lynching yeah it's public lynching you the same thing when they're beating each other up and like that's not how we act it's just they just 
that's just what they're showing. Like I, I was around, I was around a bunch of black people when I was in Atlanta, and I promise you, none of us were fighting, none of us were yelling, none of us were like, you know, tap dancing. We <laughs> for were chicken. All, yeah, we were all just having like you know a good time, decent conversations, See, partying. That's how, you know? Exactly. That's exactly how my friends are in Chicago. But we have like a rainbow coalition of people. But our crew, you know, we were we weren't like that. We were educated. We, we kids, family, you know. You know, we didn't have no kids. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like in the circles that I've been around, like, 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 because when people see black people hanging out, they just automatically think like thugs, and they're all right. like, nobody has a job there. But really, like, the people that were I was hanging around with, they had like families, and they had kids, they had like aunties they taken care of, they and, working too. Yeah, these are like these are like good people. Yeah, we may we may still be hanging out on the corner smoking weed or drinking but like we still fucking people we still gotta like survive and shit like that so i notice even within ourselves we do that to each other you know we do that to each other as well like we start to assume oh like oh shit here's some niggas let's go like well that's that's from the brainwash yeah that's That's from from the the brainwashing yeah that's from like because when i was in the south like when i moved up here one of the things that that i did notice about myself is when i got around black people i'd be hella nervous or if i see them standing on the corner or some shit i'd be hella nervous and i'm like i'm like that's that's me exactly that's me that's that's what i do i stand on the corner with my niggas you know what i'm saying like that's what we do we fucking drink smoke and and party like that so like what like and 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 in the south that never was a thing i was scared of you know what i'm saying like i've been in all of the the hoods all of the 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 bad places i've been there over and over again and i never had anything happen to me so where is that coming from it's not it's not natural i think what you said is on point it's the brain rush because i even had to stop and question myself i'm like really why why are you doing this why are you being set up by the program right you're being programmed and i had to desensitize desensitize myself from doing that because i i actually get more scared now if i see a group of white kids i do too man i mean they're crazy all you have to do is just think about what they did man shit because i used to hang out with those crazy white kids so i know what we would do (laughs) that's the difference but you know it, it, it's we are we are being brainwashed like that you know like like we're animals we're, we're still gorillas in the mist and yeah it's all good we're still being conquered it's fine i yeah. mean there's about to be an end to all this shit all this shit about to stop and i'm gonna take my answer off the air you're gonna take your <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel the same way with whole brainwashes with bill cosby then with what? I mean, Bill Cosby is is part of the, you know, the elite. He's part of the bourgeoisie of black people. He's a type of black person who has a shitload of money and has not done anything for black people. Oprah, uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, Clarence Thomas, do not put him in that category. He absolutely is in that category. He's, he's one of the number one H&ICs. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. He's fucking just, he's just with them. Martin Luther King actually also, who knew? Hmm. Why do you say MLK? Uh, because it's true. He's part of a secret society. I did this. I, I had. To, I, I talked about this on my show about um about uh the secret society of uh 
black people who were set up by the government to run black people and spy on black people. And I list all these people that were part of it. W.E.D. DuBose, um, Martin Luther King was part of it. Clarence Thomas is part of it. Oh, Bill Cosby. If, all you got to do is just look and see where Bill Cosby got his money from, the commercials that he used to do, and find out. Like, you'll see that they come from, like, Rockefeller and shit. But didn't he donate a lot of money to Howard and all the universities? What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. The universities that are like Tuskegee? That we can't go like to. Tuskegee, and then you read about all this experimenting that Tuskegee was doing on black people well, that, that they're still the doing, even in Howard. Howard, they're fucking like there's things that Howard's doing also that is against black people. So you got people like Michael Jordan who invest oh, in prisons. prisons. He is a slave master. There you go. So yes. when you guys go out there and buy your stupid little shoes, you're supporting. <laughs> Jordan's. You're supporting the complex. You're supporting is, the prison complex. Is, I'm glad you mentioned the Michael Jordan one because this is the one that discussed me the most because I just found that out not too long ago about him being a slave master he I mean this fool he owns prisons in Florida I believe yeah he's got a lot of prisons yeah. Michael Jordan owns prisons he owns prisons so he is yeah he is the head honcho of the plantation yeah he's not the only one he's just one of the black people that uh, that own prisons so, so I, I my my love for Michael Jordan has been well actually when i first met him I'm i mean it's all him. propaganda it's i mean it's all propaganda you can see it he's married to a fucking what? white lady yeah you know what i'm saying he he um when the commercial came out be like mike you remember that shit because yeah. they they basically trying to show you like at this this terrible fucking person of a black person who's just all he's doing is just playing basketball like literally that's how michael jordan got famous by playing basketball i know so as a black it person wasn't how he talked as a black person you need to strive to be a basketball player and get a lot of money and then sell out your people go own some fucking prisons exactly you know i met michael jordan he tried to pick me up did he yeah about 10 years ago you should have took his money fuck no dude dude he cannot talk worth a shit yeah but they so never but they was, never like he never like pointing he never like raped any women or beat any women so you'd have been good i mean <laughs> you gotta put up with his fucking talking you probably want to play basketball he talks with the list like this i'd marry like, that motherfucker i'd be like man play basketball <laughs> Play basketball. I was so not interested. I was just like, he's like, so, so you, you enjoy that and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, is this actually oh, how Michael, shit. Michael Jordan talks? I'm like, oh shit. You sound like this fucking is, um, dude. What's that other guy? Um, the one who can't read, the uh, boxer. Oh. <laughs> fucking uh, asshole. Merriweather. Yeah, Merriweather. Oh, oh, he's Merriweather. part of the. Nice. He's part of the society. Definitely. He is part. They didn't say him because it's just like he's not that influential even though he is he ain't that bright either. all you have to do is just get money man you, he has money there's a certain amount of there's a certain there's he a cap money and you hear like you hear you hear comedians you hear famous people everybody talks about this shit like dave Chappelle, he talked about it that's the reason why he, he left went and went, yeah he martin away. martin talked about this you they, know he's running made, out he's in the crazy. street and he's yeah crazy. martin talked about it uh um What's his name? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor talked about it in his stand-up. Yeah, that he, he he was like, oh, such and such went up there and um, he was he was all messed. He was all mad. He went to this TV producer's house and the TV producer told him, well, you know, you can get the movie part if you suck my dick. 
and uh, he said he got upset and left and, and ran out and said he ran into Richard Pryor on the way there and he was like how, how did it go he was like he's like oh man he told me to suck his dick man I just I, I'm getting out of here and Richard was like well let me go up there and see you know let me go up there and see what's going on and then you know I'll come back and he said he went up there and, and uh and then the next time he saw Richard, he was like, hey, what's going on? Did you, uh, what happened when you went up there? He was like, oh, that guy told me to suck his dick and I got two movies in a fucking TV show. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that Illuminati shit. That's what they're saying. Like, it's, it's real. When you get to a certain point, you either gotta, you either gotta take more money or you just gotta get out of the game. Yeah. And that's why Dave Chappelle just stopped. And then if you notice it, he ain't done nothing. In the last since 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 the Chappelle show, he's been on stand up uh, on tour recently. Yeah, come on, that's not real, man. Like tour, you, you can do that. He hasn't been on TV. He hasn't been in any movies. No. This is this is a comedian that we said was funnier than Richard Pryor. We were like, oh, this nigga is the funniest comedian alive right now, show. dude. He hasn't put out anything. He hasn't put out no specials. He hasn't like. He hasn't really been doing anything on TV. I haven't seen him no. on TV. Why hasn't he hosted like the BET Awards or some shit like that? Uh, it's because they 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 exed him. You can't do it. You either sell out your people or you don't get to do what you think you can do anymore. So I salute Dave Chappelle. I do too. Like when people were like saying he was crazy, were like how are you gonna turn down fifty million dollars? Um, well, that $50 million, $50 million means my soul is going to be gone. My soul as a person, as a human being, as a black man is going to be wiped away and you're going to be sucking a lot of dick. Yeah, you sure are. If you're you're a rapper, you get to suck, uh, you know, like Jay-Z's dick and, uh, (laughs) Rick Ross's dick. You get to put your mouth on their, on their teeth. Yeah, From especially Jay Z. Yeah, and, and and P Diddy, you get to you oh, get to slob on his knob. Take that, take that, take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why he says it, right? Yeah, it's real. That's no, it's real. It. Come on. That's why he says it. He's he putting that, his arm that. around Usher, and he's like, "Oh, this is my man." Take that, take licking his lips. <laughs> mm, that's my man. You. Mm. Take that, take that, mm. take that, take that. Mm. Tell you about my man Morion. Bow wow. Tell you about my man. Take that. I love to make a deal with them. Take that, take that. Yeah, seriously. So. I mean, Tupac talked about it. Tupac talked oh, about Tupac it. Talked he was like, Quincy it. Jones wanted to fuck me, and, and I wasn't down with it. And the next thing you know, he did. Oh, you think you're going to tell? You think you're going to tell? And plus, Tupac took a lot. He took a lot. He made a lot of money before he died. Yeah. I liked it when he said, have a nice motherfucking summer, and he spit in the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then what about Biggie? I don't know. I'm sure they all suck dick. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Biggie, Biggie was just like he was. I, I think Biggie was set up from the beginning to be like sacrificed because the lamb. Well, yeah. I mean, because I mean, look at him. He he wasn't really that informational, in, influential, and it wasn't like he was talking against nobody. You know what I mean? Like it's he talked just, about T-bone steak uh, and Welch's grape. That's what I'm saying. He didn't. He was he was set up for something else. So, same thing with like Aaliyah and shit like that. Oh yeah, I I think she was taken out. Who Aaliyah? Yeah, yeah. That's my conspiracy. That's what I think. And Lisa Left Eye Lopez, because what Lisa Left Eye Lopez was starting to do, she was starting to get a little bit political, and she went back home. Um, I believe she's from Panama or what have you, and she was uh, fisting to uh, build a school. 
you know, she was about to do some good, but unfortunately someone took her out before she could. But that's just me. I'm Yeah, she was the only one that died in that crash too. Yeah. Did you see that the documentary? I did. Some eerie shit. Yeah. That's why it just it some of this shit just doesn't make any sense. Like it's oh. pretty eerie shit, man. And, and 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 then they stopped it right before the car went over, which means that something probably something probably went on because yeah. they didn't they didn't really show her last moments. I don't think so. It was too perfect. Did you see those people, man? They were fucked up. You hear me? I, I saw her sister at the funeral and the people that were in the car with them. This was before I had even saw the documentary. Yo, they was fucked up. Fucked up as in like. They were like in wheelchairs and like Damn. cast and they were they didn't even look like they were in good spirit. They just looked all bad like oh it's the end of the world. Damn. Damn. It is kinda in the world. Poor left eye. Poor uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, left eye. So going back to sucking dick. <laughs> sucking dick. <laughs> Do you think with a, like a lot of like the hip hop that's going on, there's a lot of dick sucking, because I feel like there's not a lot of original stuff, with the exception of a couple artists that I'm found fine with, but a lot of things are starting to become repetitious. Like you mentioned Rick Ross, for example. Like, do you feel like a lot of hip hop and what have you that is now? I mean, it's one of the. I mean, let's face it it's taken over the music industry period so it's influential that's why you have s- stupid people like cray cray getting his name but don't you think we are part responsible absolutely for, not for nope. <laughs> you don't want nope, about to say it, yeah it's not you don't about to it's say. not a black industry anymore that is it, true. And, 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 and you know to tell you the truth it's never really been a black industry. It's been filled with fucking white people. Like, in the South, the reason why I love the South music so much is because they were selling that shit out of their trunks. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. they would, like, Pastor Troy was selling more than Jay Z out of his trunk, like, in local record stores that they were just pushing out. Like, they had to go down there and literally, like, destroy him. Really? Yeah. You don't know about the mixtapes. They went to war with the people in, in Atlanta about the mixtapes because no, no. black people was giving away their shit for free and the music industry. That's why the in, that's why the music industry is failing. Because when hip hop came, they tried to do the they tried to do hip hop the same way that they did everything else. Right. And the thing is, like you couldn't you couldn't it was almost like a explosion. Like hip hop was almost like an explosion. And so they couldn't they couldn't fucking contain it. Like, cause they were just putting music out from LA. I mean, from, from, um, they were just putting out music from New York. And so it was, we were just all listening to New York music. But in the South, we wasn't listening to New York music. You know what I mean? We was listening to underground shit. We was listening to like UGK, Underground Kings. And we were like eight balling MJG and, and, and the Goody Mob before they had really like, you know, blew up. Outcast was part of the Goody Mob before they had really blow up, before they really blew up. And listen Ghetto Boys. Yeah, the Ghetto Boys. There's a bunch of people we listened to. Just, we didn't listen, we barely listened to Jay-Z. To us, we thought Jay-Z was whack. You know what I'm saying? See, but you're talking about like more of a '90s era. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah. but but see, that's what I'm trying to say. That's like when that, the money started really starting to come in. Well, basically, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the point where it's like when no when when the the hip hop industry was basically New York. Right. 
as far as where the money was coming from like people were getting money just like they were selling mixtapes like they were selling drugs so that's how they were getting that money and because the government could not figure out how to stop that shit they just had to fucking go to war with it they had to be like oh you can't sample you can't like you can't give away free music they were going in these people's houses and taking all their mixtapes out of their houses you know what i mean they they called them illegal so they're illegal and now you can find them online and basically so what the government did was they just put operatives the same thing what they did in the black panthers they just put people in it to make it to fuck it up and so now you know where you would have like maybe so maybe five people no mc hammer was actually hella positive he was the one who was having the kids dancing like he was never talking about shooting he he, he hired he was set up they destroyed him they 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 made mc hammer go bankrupt they didn't he didn't he didn't just go bankrupt they did that to him because he was he was fucking huge mc hammer was huge he had a song that was called Why We Pray. Do you remember that song? Oh, uh, yeah. I Got To Pray. Like, that yeah. song was jump. Like, we used to watch that shit on BT, you know? Right. So, like, Hammer, he was very influential, and they saw that, and they was like, we can't have that. But then there are other hip-hop artists that would say that he was corny. So, for those Yeah, who- that's why, though. So, they can destroy that, so they can usher in this gangster rap, this hardcore rap that they can basically brainwash us into killing each other. That's that's all it is. The hammer did dance for chicken. It's all good. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, you know what I'm saying. But like, basically, that basically, that's where the turn is. You know, when white people started taking over. So we don't, we don't really have control over hip hop. There's these, these people are operatives. They're just like. Uh, I don't think we have control over hip hop. I think it's been gone a long time, and I can tell. Yeah, in the a music. long time. I can tell a in the very music long time. because every time it's repetitive. You talk about the same shit about your bitches yeah. and your teeth it's and your money. It's alchemy. By the way, it's not your money. It's not yours. You right. don't own that Bentley. That, right. that that's leased. It's all a lie. Right. And you you you're perpetrating. You know. Yeah, I just don't have no respect for any of the rappers and none of that shit because they 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 all fucking fake and phony and they all like oh you know we're rappers we're thugs and really they fucking sucking dick to get their deals and shit. And you know I and here's something I wanted to throw out there too and I was reading a good article about this. Everyone is like all you know there's a lot of hype about the Straight Outta Compton movie what have you. Yeah, I want to go see it. I'm going to go see it. But then there's another side to NWA. And the other side is the misogyny that went along with it. That isn't talked about in the movie, you know, because if, if you don't know anything about like NWA or even Dr. Dre before like the chronic and all this shit, he had a girl named Miss Chalet and that was his girlfriend. She would sing on some of the tracks. She had an album that he produced. There were some female artists that were put out around, along with Ruthless Records that have no mention, that have not, they don't even talk about. Basically the whole history of what NWA is all, it, it, it's, it's changed. It, it's, the truth is not being told basically of what's going on. Everything is wrapped up into a two-hour movie. Yeah, but who's like, who's like, who's whose movie is this? Uh, F. Gary Gray and Universal Studios. Who's like money is that? Universal Studios. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, that would make sense, right? Yeah, 
I mean, you got everybody's kids in there. You got Ice Cube's kid, Easy's kid, and all these people. Like, it, it's obvious what's going on. Like, when when has there ever been a movie where you had, like, five people who used to be famous, and then some of them are dead, some of them, you know, are super rich, and then you have all their kids playing playing them? I've never seen a movie that like that. I've never seen a movie. I'm, not, I'm trying to think of one. There's not one. There's not a movie that came out ever where their kid played them. And to, to like, to that extent, to so many, like, damn, it's like three or four people in there that, whose dad, they're actually playing their fucking fathers in this movie. How do you feel about the whole thing? They're just using it to um, enforce the stereotypes that black people are fucking thugs. That's it. I agree. 110%. I don't respect none of it. I don't want to go see it, and I don't care anything about it. It's the same thing with watching Scandal and uh, Orange is the New Black and all these other horrible fucking things that we just fill our fucking heads with. It's just, it's all garbage. In other words, I, I get the one with the Scandal, with the whole over-sexualize of how we as black women, sexual characters and sexual beings... How we have our sexual, our, our, we're sexual deviants. They're feeding y'all to the white folks, to the white men. Because that's what she's doing. She she turns down every fucking black, every black man that ever fucking comes to them, no matter what they're doing, hella successful, hella not successful. You know what I'm saying? She just turns them down because she's in love with this fucking president who's like married and a dirty old fucking white man. He's not even good looking. <laughs> He's not. He's not fucking like George Clooney. I think George Clooney's a good fucking old white man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just some fucking old ass. Like, he, he, he looks bad. Does he not look bad? I've had, like, black women be like, oh, the president's so fine. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And by the way, the president's black. Why didn't y'all cast a black president? That's bullshit. And they, they get mad at me because I don't want to see this shit. And it's like, yo, if you fucking watch Scandal, I probably can't date you anyway because you don't like black men. How can you? How can you like black men? I meet black women all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I watch Scandal. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. You guys are terrible women. I'm sorry. You are. You are. Now we're getting to something. Well, I'm just saying. That's, it's it's the same thing. Like, if you listen to NWA all the time, you don't really fucking like women. There's no way you can. You can't fucking respect your mom if you, if you call her a bitch. Like, come on. Why every time you are around a female, you got to call her a bitch or a on, hoe man. or a hoochie? Come on. I grew up. I, I, I be trying to tell those people. And they, they, they don't like me when I tell them that shit because they think that I think that I'm above it and that I think that... Um, you but know, you kind of are. When you well, I am above it only because I know about it. But the reason why I know about it is because I used to be it. That's what I'm trying to t like. Yo, I'm telling you that you're being brainwashed because I was also brainwashed. I saw it. Now I'm not anymore. That's why I can tell you that you are. And they're always like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't listen to hip hop. How long you been out the south? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the Dude, fuck up. You got that kind of hate. I get it all the time, man. You know, people just thinking they're that like, I, it, it's more of them thinking that I think I'm a certain way than versus them, you know, actually, actually thinking that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. It's more of them thinking like, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. It, it's not, it's, 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 it's more of that.
No, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's a, you don't I know, know what, what I'm talking about. about. I know I what drink, I'm talking about. I drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, don't. yeah, yeah. So ha ha ha. Basically, like they're always like, "What gives you the right?" Even when I used to do black questions, you remember when I used to do black questions? Yeah. Black people used to get off the black people used to come down and be like, "What gives you basically the authority to say that you can answer these questions?" Well, number one, <laughs> number one. <laughs> I've been alive for 30 years. <laughs> All those years. I've been very black. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. <laughs> and I just used to be bullshitting. Like that that was the thing. Like now now I really seriously. Now I really know. Like I I know like I've studied black history and I, like I know these things now. But when I was doing that shit, I just fucking tell you anything. <laughs> just to get it right. Who invented the PD? I don't know. Michael Jordan Carver, Washington. <laughs> They fucking laugh. Like, dude, it's a comedy show. It's not a fucking history lecture. This is me talking shit. For real. That's it's crazy. Do you really believe that? <laughs> Let's say I do. I guess I do. Look at that. Let's say I do. All right. Are we done? <laughs> oh, yes, we are. It's, it's, it's no, it's crazy. And you know, the thing is, I know I'm still brainwashed to an extent. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think. I'm you just have to take over it. You have to take over you it. To take There's over no way it. we're not going to be brainwashed. Yeah, I, that's the thing. That's the reality. Yeah, you just but have my to take thing over is, it. like, you have to have a balance of some kind of clarity yeah. when the bullshit is in your face. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, for, like what we were just talking about Especially when it comes to like hip hop music And what have you By the way to me I'm sorry I believe there's a difference between hip hop and rap music I get into arguments With people like this all the time So I just want to say that White people? Yeah <laughs> Black people too Yeah but those are the ones that have been brainwashed So they don't know the difference um, But it, it just feels like you know Like I I like I come from the school of hip hop, of '90s hip hop, or what have you, and maybe it's I, I keep saying maybe it's because I'm getting old. No, it's because I'm listening to the same shit that the record companies are bringing out, are putting out, and it's all like a minstrel show. All it's you, pretty bad. All you need is to put on some a jigaboo face and dance. I mean, that's all you gotta do. And now you have white folks that are trying to assimilate into our culture that are basically making fun of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N not really. They're they're putting on. They're doing blackface without the blackface. That's all. Well, that's yeah. all they're doing. Well, I you know. You got people like Iggy Zelia, and I, oh, God, I, I, I love it. Oh. I love it when people say, "Oh, Eminem's like the best rapper." I'm like, you fucking <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ain't no fucking way. You sound so goddamn stupid. You sound stupid. People that want to tell me about the angry. Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys are dope, but they no, are not, not fucking the, dope. They are fucking white boys who, who decided not to wear the blackface. I, wait, but I do, I do like their music. But I'm not going to say they're the best hip hop group. Uh, they, they'll People probably do. be. They'll, you know what? To me, they'll be in the top twenty. But no way, man. For me, they. You gotta be. call them what they are, man. They fucking. They, you you gotta also put Amos and Andy in the top twenty <laughs> comedians. <laughs> Cause you can't you can't deny that they okay, weren't funny. Boss. Come on, you can't deny that they were funny. Even black people like those motherfuckers was funny. <laughs> black people say that shit. That's what I'm saying. So you can't you, if you're gonna if you're gonna put them in your top twenty, then you can't exclude Amos and Andy. And they used to get on show. They used to get on the road and put on a black, black face and do it. So that's what I'm saying. It's no difference to me. 
I don't I don't support none of that shit. I I, I I'm sorry. I do. I like me some Beastie Boys. I mm, do. No, I, I just do. Can't. I have to. I just never really but I never I, really got into their music. But anyway. I, you can listen to it and see they don't understand. They don't understand it. <laughs> but come on, different, come but on. Their music is so different from any other music oh, well, that came absolutely. out there because they don't understand First it. First of all, I wouldn't put them up against. See, this is why there's sometimes a difference between rap and hip hop. Like I wouldn't put them up against PE. No, no, I would not put them up against Public Enemy, which is actually one of the best hip hop groups. I wouldn't put them up against nobody because <laughs> as soon as you bring them up, our conversation is over. <laughs> I don't even respect nothing you got to say after that. Ooh, really? I can tell you don't listen to hip hop. Oh, it's this, like that. This is, this is the thing. This is the reason why. There's so many good black artists, and there's so many better artists at that time than when Beastie Boys was doing it. That's that's why I'm saying like, there's 20 rap artists. There's like 40 rap artists you can pick. There's Houdini. There's plenty of rap artists that you can pick besides picking the Beastie Boys. So like, if anybody right. ever would pick the Beastie Boys, I'd be like, I don't even want to be. I a didn't part of pick this. them. Well, no, I'm just saying. I you, like but, them. But you're like, oh, if I put them, like, I get it. In my People top like twenty. I would never put them in my top twenty. I would put them in my top twenty. I try but, to. Every but time, I also every time I get a chance to to say something bad about Beastie Boys, I try. <laughs> I try. People are like, oh, I'm gonna play some hip hop. Okay, cool. Play what, Beastie Boys. <gasps> See that okay now okay understand that okay I do agree with the fact that thou shall not just start with a hip, if you're gonna start playing something don't hip hop don't let Beastie Boys be the first come on all those people know I, is Beastie Boys I I, I I have to say that yes I do agree that's all they know is that. Beastie Boys man but there's also like Houdini and the Get Fresh Crew and the Furious Five yeah and Kurt, Curtis Blow I'm like going way there's back there's a bunch of there's a bunch of um. Yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of colored folks. Colored. <laughs> but no, I mean now music it's the only person I really like right now that's semi new is Kendrick Lamar. That's the only person. That's it. He's another one that's feeding us too. What is he feeding us? He's he's, he's a government controlled that that we're gonna be all right. He's trash. His fucking music is trash, man. Is that why you were just playing swimming pools? I just playing the beat. That's all. <laughs> so what is it about Kendrick Lamar you don't like? His music's trash. I don't like his music. <sighs> it's really garbage. I mean, I listen to rap. Like every, me and Keith D'Souza had this uh, conversation, and he likes he really likes uh, Kendrick Lamar too. And he he was like, I feel like everybody that listens to rap before now really doesn't like Kendrick Lamar. But I'm new to rap, and I like him. And I'm like, yeah, he's he. I mean, you just see, you'll see, you'll see. I, I, they need somebody from the West Coast to control the black folks on the West Coast. But what is he controlling? What is he saying? That's controlling. You just gotta listen to the stuff. I listen, do listen to listen. the stuff. I Man, do. you just have to listen to it. You gotta, no, you I gotta, do. you gotta, you gotta listen to it. You gotta see how you feel. You gotta, I do. you gotta. Well, look, because listen, I, listen. You gotta see how you were before you heard Kendrick Lamar, and you gotta see how you were after. Because if you're changing your opinions on how you feel about things based on what you heard off Kendrick Lamar, consciously or unconsciously, I'm telling you. It, look, I'm telling you the messages that Kendrick. Monday. It's a little bit late. It's 6.50, but we still have some stalwarts here for the 
joke workshop here on Mutiny Radio. Today is the 31st of August. Uh, comedians here, they're ready to tell their new jokes. We're excited to hear them, as always. Uh, so stay tuned, keep listening to Floating Goat, best band in San Francisco, and we're going to get started with the joke workshop here in just a second. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. We're here at the Joke Workshop here at Mutiny Radio, happening every Monday, usually from 6 to 8. But today, looks like 6.50 to 7 or 8, whatever. Uh, big thanks out there to Jonathan Moore for working all day on the station. Uh, and Ethan Albers, a lot of people don't know who he is, but if you ever see that big baby angel, uh, tell him he's rad. Uh, all right. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know who's going to be first. Whoever wants to be first, just jump on up. Everybody's nervous. No, Ed Ant's going to do it. Hey, guys. He's braver than all of you. Put your hands together, everybody. It's Ed Ant. All right. Let's see what I got in my big wonders. All right, so in the past I've been homeless and one time I was in Venice Beach with no money, you know, as a homeless man would. And I met this man called Dan who lived in a van down by the beach. Now, Dan had a dog and a way of talking where he would never stop he would take a conversation that should normally last five minutes and spread it out over the course of two hours. And one day, his dog was sick of his shit. So the dog decided to bite Dan. Now Dan, being the brilliant man that he is, the Irish verbal terrorist that he, everybody knows that he is. Anyway, he decided to superglue the wound shut. Now, when he did that, an infection started, and it began to spread. You could literally see a red line going up his arm, the color his hair would be if he had any. Now, me being the person that I am, I told him, hey, you should go see a doctor about that, otherwise it'll kill you. Now. Dan did so, and he's alive today, because ginger lives matter. (laughs) 
Have you ever had someone try to convince you that celibacy was a good idea? I'm betting right now that person probably didn't have a tan or a card carrying or a card saying that they were an atheist. No. Or probably as pale as the milk you wish you had right now. Mm-hmm. Now, when you hear that a guy's celibate, there's only three people that could have made that decision for him. His wife, his cult leader, or the voices in his head that hate him. Yeah, thanks for the reaction, people. That's what I'm here for. All right. So, I think that transportation should be free. If you're sick of your place, you know, you should be able to get anywhere, you know, like, say, the beach. Or if you have a wife and she has kids that she's telling you are yours, but you don't believe her, you should get a free ride to Florida, where all the other deadbeat dads are. All right. My friend told me that I couldn't tell this joke as well as they could. So the other day, I had my period. I was feeling bloated and crampy. It was a terrible time all around. But the worst part is all the blue shit I gotta keep putting on tampons and maxi pads and whatnot. Female stuff! Yeah! A woman talked to me the other day and told me that she didn't really trust me. Now, I can't blame her because my mom doesn't really trust me either. Now, the other a while back, I had to tell her that her brother was dead. And it was hard. I, they took a couple hours, but eventually I convinced her. Which made it really hard to convince her that I was lying. That's the end of that joke. All right, so that's all I got. <laughs> Ed, Ant, yay, new jokes. So uh, you guys, if uh, comments, jump up to the microphones there and tell us what you think of Ed Ant's new material. Some of you may be more familiar than others with this new material. Oh, wait, the lights over there? Oh, no, up too. front is better, but... Oh. Um... Having trouble... Let me see here. I think you have solid premises. What you're going to want to do next is just find the areas where you can... With, with you find the, the actual punch, you get the setup kind of going, mm-hmm. and you're kind of talking around a concept. But from from there, try to figure out what you're trying to pinpoint in on, hmm. and hammer that home. All right. Uh, um, do you have any suggestions? Try to. Well, I don't want to just say just work on setup, setup, and just delivering punch. But hmm. I'm trying to think here with. Uh, 
Like, for example, okay, there's the joke about, well, my mother doesn't tr- trust me either. Like, a woman doesn't, said she didn't trust me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm, this is all filtered through how my mind works. So, um, I was thinking... I can't say that I blame her because my mom doesn't trust me either to... And then you give, like, something fucked up as an example. Whether it be to... Or something really benign. Whether it be to... I, I, I thought lying I was thinking, too. like, to not rape her. I know it's like, that's her mom. So take that joke's too... That's too fucked up. Yeah, I, I, so I was like... So from there, I thought, okay, well, what else could, you know... Something your mom doesn't trust you not to do. And you'd be like, she doesn't trust... And, and you could go in that direction... But not example, then build it up and, right. and go from so there. So something in between me lying or saying that she doesn't trust me and me well, telling her that we, Let's go through that joke one more time. All right. So women don't trust me. I, I can't blame them because my mom doesn't really trust me. I had to tell her the other day that her brother died. It took hours, but eventually I convinced her. She was devastated. Wait, 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 stop. Women don't trust me. I can't say they blame them because my mother doesn't trust me either. The other day, I could tell her that her brother died. Is this a woman or your mother? My mother. Hey, women don't trust me. Neither does my mom. Neither does my mom. Yeah. All right. Mainly because I lied to her about her brother dying. <laughs> I, I, I like saving that last little bit of information just as a punchline, you know? Like, uh, it, the, I, I'm not sure if the, the way that I have it worded is the best, just because uh, mm-hmm. it, it sounds confusing. Okay. <clears throat> I think what we got to work on here is getting to the punch really fast. So it should be less premise and more punch. So I, I totally agree with what he said. All right. Um, so... Think of it as laugh points. The laugh points should come quicker. Uh, Pam, what do you think? Uh, I agree that the way that the structure of the mom joke to get to that, because it's not, although, Ed, you think it's the punchline right now, there are tags that you can follow that with. It's kind of like the immediate punchline to get the audience to be like, aha, this is funny. Women don't trust me. I... I understand why they don't. My mom didn't get to it. And then after that, you can go on with like, what are other reasons why women wouldn't trust you or other times where you might have lied? Or why are you lying to your mom about her brother being dead? That's kind of an interesting start. Like, yeah. what, what would even be the point of that? You know, like, because you hate your family or there's meat there if you don't get along with your family. Well, the sad part is it's a joke because uh, he actually was dead, but I, I really couldn't convince her at first, and it just went to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you could do is you could just look at your whole setup that you have right now and just look through it and try to add tags. That's what I would do. So just try to add tags wherever you can. So just try to make it interesting. That's what I try to do. If you're telling like a whole story as a joke, which is kind of what your style is, it's more like storytelling rather than just like short punches, which is, I think it's an awesome style. And so I think like what you just have to make sure you do is keep the audience laughing during the whole storytelling before you get to the ultimate punch. It's almost like 
what you might want to do is just try to figure out how to best economize your words. Yeah. So you're looking at, okay, can I say this in less words and still keep the funny? Can I say this with less words and right. still keep the funny? Uh, as, as far as the punchline itself and the way that it's worded, uh, is that too confusing? Or is as it, it is now? Yeah. Would you agree? Don't don't need right now, but it, but it's it's kind of normal because you want to paint that picture in people's heads. So of course you got extra words, um, like for example, um, what if you just started out um, instead of saying you know people, uh, women don't trust me, my mom doesn't trust me. Just um, I told my I told my mom I told my mom her brother was dead. Just leave it there. See what kind of reaction you get. All right. Yeah. I told my mom I told my mom her brother was dead, and then go from there. You know, uh, it's just just a just a suggestion, just to like just to clean it up quicker. Dude, as soon as you started talking, I think everyone is thinking about your voice, and I think you have to address your voice. Like you sound like the host voice of mutiny. Like you sound like. Like, dude, I have a distinctive voice. Like, either either you address it, <laughs> either you address it or make jokes from it. I I think that'd be hey, awesome. Hey, or or deliver all your jokes, or write all your jokes for this type of delivery, folks. The sweet sweet delivery of Ed Ant in your ear at night, mm. while you're lighting candles in a pot bathtub. Don't light candles in a bathtub. That's dangerous. Around your bathtub. You know what I'm saying? But you see what he's saying. Your voice is pretty unique. Like, the obvious addressing of everyone's thinking, that's... I think it'll take away from comedy if you don't address the rap or that. Something like, I know I sound like I just got off work at, I don't know, I know I sound like I just got done making a dozen movie trailers. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. No, that's me. That's a great, that's a great, great, great opening joke. In fact, you should write that down right now. You Dope. should go up and introduce it with your voice and open with that. And what that does is people know, oh, you can make fun of himself. You're likable now. Before you start talking about how you like your mom. And the, that also opens you up for a ton of jokes right there. I, I, I know I just sound like I recorded 10 movie trailers, but <laughs> he's coming and you won't believe it this yeah. Sunday. You'll never believe the incredible whatever. All the tractor trailers are going to be on fire. You could say anything. You could say the polar bears are coming to lunch. I mean, you could say anything and it'll be funny. The polar bears are dangerous. (laughs) And they're delicious. They're fierce. But I would, I would definitely write that down and open with that next time. And then, and then, then, and that'll give you an opportunity to practice your tags too. Because if you open with a joke like that, it makes you have to write into it. Because you already said the number ten, so we know you have to have a lot of, or at least, you can use your voice in like an exciting way, you know. Yay! Anyways. Yeah. 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 All right, everybody put your hands together again for Ed Ant. Yay! Well, now you all know how the joke workshop works. Uh, it works if you work it, you guys. 
so yeah, take notes on people's stuff. Or I really liked uh, what Ken brought up when he said, uh, hey, let's go through that joke. Because then if you repeat it and everybody can remember it and you can actually talk about it. Exciting stuff. Uh, so next on the list is a new guy. And he's patient. He's the you guy, right? Standing up. Who's uh, on the list next? I've been here a couple times, but... Uh, oh, okay. I'm well, we'll all decide. Tell me who's going up next. It'll be Ken. Hey, he gave us great uh, comments on the uh, peanut gallery just now. Put your hands together, everybody. It's Ken Suzuki. So a black and a Jew walk into an oven, right? And they say to each other, Let's get out of here. This joke is hack. <laughs> they say opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Are they really? You can't eat an opinion after its owner's taken a shower. It's not probiotic. <laughs> you gotta have probiotics. Focus all about your gut and your gut flora and fauna. San Francisco, beautiful place, I can say it. Um, just recently arrived here, beautiful. Um, if comedy doesn't work out, I'm thinking of a new career, panhandling. <laughs> Your weather is that beautiful. Um, San Francisco is fun, but I have some, in I have issue with the BART. I like to do a lot when I'm on the BART, you know, I to tweet, Facebook. It's very hard for me to look at, to tweet while I'm on the BART though, because it gets so crowded and you know, half my Twitter feed is porn. I felt awkward until I remembered, oh yeah, the first time I ever visited the Bay Area, I saw a guy taking a shit on the sidewalk in broad daylight. If the locals here can handle that, they should have no problem catching a glimpse of a girl sucking off another girl's prolapse. Another thing about San Francisco, which was a lot of called, yes, prolapse, or rosebudding, hashtag, look that up. Look it up, you will. I have to. Oh yes. Or if you can't, if not prolapse, rosebud. Look it up. Uh, another thing that I had that was culture shock for me, because I'm from the Midwest, when I, got, uh, when I drove through, through here was, damn, there are a lot of Asians out here. There are a fucking lot. I got to say, and this is me talking, okay? I'm half, and I was shocked at how, by how many I've seen. I got, uh, as soon as I walked through uh, San Fran, the only song I could, um, going through my head was, there are too many. Too many, too many gooks on the dance floor. Too many gooks, too many gooks. It's tough. Um, and where I come from, we call them, we still use the word oriental. Let me tell you, you wanna know how to offend a bunch of orientals in the Bay Area? Call them oriental. <laughs> it's not gonna matter the time or place. For me, I was, I was at the grocery store asking for the oriental food aisle. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, sir, but I'm looking for a bag of rice, sir. Really? Um, say what you will about the big three religions. Christianity, Judaism, Islam. They at least let you know who you can kill. <laughs> All right. I say this because I got a lot of friends. I don't know if you guys like to study alternative religions, Jainism, Buddhism, the... Religions that have no killing whatsoever. Jains are fucking putting uh, masks in front of their face. They don't want to hit, hurt any mosquitoes or bugs uh, that they could accidentally breathe in. How do they live? They can't kill anything. 
What kind of hell are they, must they be living through? They can't even wash their hands. They can't even wash their hands. Every time they do that, they're committing a gigantic holocaust of hundreds of thousands of microbes out their body. Just the very act of existing and keeping themselves clean is murder. And if they ever get sick, well, who are they to have an immune system? To let that poor little microbe that's trying to eat off them, how are they, who are they to say that it can't be there? Really, I feel that if there were a hell, it would be, you gotta be one of those religions. You can't escape it, you can't kill yourself because you're killing. It's just a circle of guilt and doubt just encompasses you. Um, I also uh, find like, people that talk about global warming relating to Earth uh, interesting. Because they usually are, they're really into climate change, I understand. But here it's always coupled with things like, oh, it's our mother Earth, Gaia. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if Earth is really our mother, then maybe this climate change thing is being looked at from a completely wrong angle. We have all had mothers before. Maybe this is, all this climate change is just of the, the Earth going through a cycle of menopause. Hurricane Katrina, mega storms, these are just hot flashes that we gotta ride out and we'll be able to get through. We've all done it. And when you think about it, it doesn't really matter because human beings shouldn't, we're, the fact that we're here isn't natural to begin with. We have survived, we shouldn't be North America, we shouldn't be out of Africa. We are like the ape, we are the rats of the ape family. If we, we're apes, but we were out of our location. Apes are in Africa, jungle area. What did we do? We found a way to get to, to Antarctica, North America, throughout the world, just spreading our cell friends, and we, met, and we managed to survive throughout. We're either, we're either, we are either rats or roaches. And if we destroy the earth, just like rats who find a way to jump ship and swim to a new piece of land, I'm pretty sure we'll find another planet to land on. These are all the jokes that I'm working on, as you can tell, because there's no punchline to any of them. But those last two are the ones I want to talk about the most. Um, hit me, because I've been... Yay! Ken Suzuki, yay! Hit me, because I've been really, really trying to, to hit... Um, oh, you mean the gook joke isn't hitting with you? No, really? <laughs> no, that's working. That works. Actually, I just thought of that now. No, I've been trying... And that I thought of yesterday. But I've been really trying to dig into... Uh, uh, comparison of global warming to um, to climate yeah, to climate change to like a, a form of menopause if you're dealing with your mom or something because it's Mother Earth. It's well, it's so hard to even talk about those last two jokes because I just want to talk about like racism uh, to Asians and you're an Asian and how you came up with. The, well, okay, listen. We all, who here has a dad, right? Who here has a dad? We all have a dad, right? I tried to have a relationship with my father, but then I remembered I speak English. Ah. Now. Can't hate on this old man, because uh, he did something that most people think is statistically impossible for an Asian to do. A uh, short little Japanese guy comes to America and ends up knocking up an all-American Midwestern broad. So you got to give him respect. What does that mean? You think, damn, that man must have really know how to sling dick. That, or he really knew how to mix a drink. Can, can you did everybody make- get that that's going to get that? Singapore Rufies. sling? It's oh roofies. I thought it was like I got the, the sling Singapore dick, sling. But no, I said Mitch drink was after that. that but the, see, I didn't explore that because that other joke had already done. Uh, it wasn't really new, and I really want to. Well, I'm glad those are the two jokes. The one thing that I want to say is that I heard your act yesterday, and yeah. the fact that you mentioned 
the phrase, the word rosebud, rosebudding. Should you I bring should, a, Yeah, you should bring that up instead of like uh, prolapsing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> instead of saying you know the the I they could handle two women licking each other's prolapse, you should say they could handle two women prolapsing. That way, anybody who's paying attention to you might want to find out who that what that is and when they do you have a nice little fun joke hey if you want to know follow me on twitter you'll find a lot of pictures um anything with the last two just the concept of like um just and i might have to rewrite it and rewrite it i just first time i actually tried it the whole climate change thing and then also the thing about if you really believe in no killing like what kind of box you're stuck in if all life forms are sacred, then you're like, well, I can't even wash my hands. And I like how that creates this health. Any, any, I was like, because those are hard right now. I'm even writing and rewriting. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to make that work. Because I think the concepts, are, I mean, the concepts and premises seem funny as they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a premise, not as a joke right now, but. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, how to improve on that joke? Uh, except, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a really hard one to find. And, and then same with me, uh, menopause. Menopause is hard, especially with the women in the audience who are going through menopause. Can I give you a tag that just came to my mind when you were talking about? I know you want to talk about the last two jokes, but mm-hmm. I, I uh, like. Uh, wait, how did you start off talking about Asians? Like. Oh, I just talked about when I came to San Fran. For me, it was culture shock because there are so many. So many. Okay, the first thing you say, and then you said, and then you said, um, I'm half. You said I'm half. Um, I I didn't say I was half until she been brought like because then then you. I think you have to say that really early on, and don't just say I'm half Asian. I'm half Japanese. Oh yeah, because people are gonna think, oh, what's he? While you're talking about your joke, people are thinking, what what is he? Yeah, what? Like, like, Uh, because dude, like, yeah, you look mixed, but. Okay. People want to, um, so anyways, the tag is like, after you say that, it's kind of like, oh shit, oh shit, he's going there. So, I mean, I, maybe you could say like, um, oh, it's okay. Um, I'm half Japanese. I, uh, I have, and even uh, where I come from, you don't see I a lot yellow, of them. Yeah. I have yellow privilege. Yeah. It's, it's my yellow privilege. I could say that. I have yellow privilege. It's just a tag I was thinking about. Um, so like the but last in, in his last name, Suzuki, you can't get much more Japanese than that. No, honestly, <laughs> like there's, it's pretty Japanese and you could make a car joke if you wanted, but it's kind of obvious, right? Or, I know. That's why I went with the uh, sling. <laughs> or, or you could be a little bit more subtle and just reintroduce yourself as, as soon as you say, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm experiencing culture shock from seeing all these Asians. By the way, my name is Ken Suzuki. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, uh, that's true. So okay. Like, okay. So the last joke you're talking about, um, you start off by saying like how how like the only ones that would survive. Do you just uh, start off again? Like I don't know. Like, like it's such. It's right now. It's like a bundle, bun, uh, bunch of words on a piece of paper. And I'm trying right. To talk about. So I'm gonna like let's try to let's try to figure out really what are you trying to say when you're saying all these words. Okay. Uh, first one is okay. First one when we talk about um, the first say what you want about the big three religion. So at least they let you know who you can kill. Okay. Yeah, that's, I like that a lot. Because the paradox, and you know, the others, where it's almost harder to live when you're constantly surrounded by that fear of I can't do this or that because I'm going to. What are what are one of those religions? Huh? What? Oh, I said say the big three. You know, your Judaism, your Christianity, your Islam. The ones you're comparing it to, the ones. That oh, are like I call it Jainism, 
or Buddhism. Buddhism. Well, Buddhism can't really kill. There's just like a non-killing thing there completely. Like if you're completely non-killing, beyond just being a vegan, then you can't wash your hands. What you if, can't do this. Right. What if you mentioned like the number one thing that would make uh, a Buddhist or a Jainist want to kill somebody and then say, you know, like uh, something along the lines of, I bet they'd wish that they could kill something then or something. I don't know. I have to look that one up. Yeah, pretty like, peaceful people from my experiences with them, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, you could be like the vegans, you know, licking kale off their shitty hands or something like that. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> no, that's the, I'll, I'll be thinking of that. And, um, For and the, then the one about Mother Earth. And, okay, so let's that, just... That, put, was in, that was interesting. Let's that get rid of that one, but then we talk about... Because I was tying into human surviving... When I call this the the rats of the ape family, because we're just big naked apes, but we are way out of our environment. We're not supposed to be here. Just like rats aren't from the areas of the world where they are, but they populate the entire world. That might be too cerebral. Cerebral. There's too much fucking Rogan. All right. I mean, you could definitely um, like what you said there was. Um, I think in one sentence you could say like, um, uh, like we're not supposed to be here. That's it. No, Start from there. We're not supposed I, to be here. I Why? Think Af- because like with the rest of the apes, they're in their habitat, and we're, we don't have them. We kind of find our way. Over. Okay. I think that if you made a few more colorful analogies about why we're like rats, it might be more funny, or you know, it might hit home better. Like, uh, just like rats, some of us have stubby little tails, or you know, just like rats, a lot of us like cheese. That's true. Like, yeah. I like that premise a lot. I think it can work, but it's, it's it is a little tougher because it's a little it's a little it's a little it's a little deep. So you have to explain it to like the audiences, like they're five year olds. Um, God damn it! But all right. it's definitely I mean, possible. I, I don't, don't. I don't. If I spike all their drinks with like acid before I do my set. mushrooms, yeah, mushrooms. I give them some psilocybin. They'll be like, maybe that makes sense. <laughs> I I think that it makes sense, and it, it's. Uh, I think that as good as as it is, it just mm-hmm. needs more of a punchline to it. Yeah, because I want to make it funny. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it too deep. I actually want the laughter to be more yeah, thought. Just, I think mm-hmm. just like All right, my last joke. I forgot to say that I wrote yesterday. And I think I offended someone in the audience with this one. <laughs> I'm discovering stuff about myself since I've been out here. Um, for example, I discovered I'm pansexual. Oh yeah. I can only have sex with a half go- goat, half man god of nature. I like that joke. And some guy like he didn't like the pun. And he looked really pissed off at me. I just stared. I was like, oh. <laughs> all right, thank you. Who's next? Yeah. Ken Suzuki, hooray! Uh, our next comedian has been here before, but we're not friends on Facebook because I tried to tag him and it didn't work. Uh, put your hands together, everybody. It's Jonathan Ortiz. First of all, vote for these nuts. <laughs> Anyone but Trump. Like, I hate myself, but he hates me way more. Like, I don't know. Like, he, the last thing he said was, uh, Mexicans don't make good fathers. And I thought, he doesn't know my dad. He doesn't know the childhood I grew up in. There were uh, swimming lessons. That's the short version of my immigration story. <laughs> but um, by the way, if you're going to cross the Rio Grande, it's not the current that makes it hard. It's the cocaine strapped to your back that <laughs> affects buoyancy. Uh, but um, no, dad was awesome. He, um, 
there were bedtime stories. I'm still not going to do this joke. I forgot that joke. There are bedtime stories. Just log that away, folks. Um, I don't know. Uh, he, he, he did love me. He told me he, his biggest fear was that I, bought, was that I buy uh, drugs off the street because like, he sells them so much cheaper. Like He was worried about me getting uh, ripped off. That's love. That's love, folks. Um, it's hard for me to relate to people because um, I, I, I can do small talk, but not too much small talk. Like, right away, right away, if I hear, it's a hot one today. I'm like, yeah, okay, yes, it's hot. It's hot, okay. Um, you know, Rome is burning right now. We're on the verge of the sixth, sixth extinction, and uh, we're going to talk about how hot it is. That's just something I want you to know about me. I can't take it. It's like, I, I can't do small talk because... There's just so much shit going on in the world. Like, the police brutality, that's rampant. And it's like, like judges, they'll view video of police brutality, but explain it away. You know, like, like oh, it's, it's, it's really unstable, and it's, it's kind of unfocused. Like, he's watching a YouTube video of a UFO. You know, it's like... Fucking Michael Bay didn't shoot this. I'm sorry, but fucking it's evidence. Like you can't rate that on, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, I just, I want to believe that we are going to come to the realization that we're all one consciousness and we're the universal consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. I also want to believe my girlfriend's not cheating on me with Steve, you know? <laughs> so that makes it, that makes it tough, you guys. You know, I want to have hope for humanity. I want to have hope. It's just, you know, cops are getting away. Like, police cover each other. Like, I was in the police academy, and, and the craziest thing I, I saw, this is true, the craziest thing I saw was one of our senior officers explaining to a group of us how to falsify reports. Fucking swear. I swear, he's like, if you check this box here, you won't be indicted. But I was like, what is happening? Like, like we're such frauds. Yeah, at the time, I thought it was badass, but no, that's why I fucking I didn't become a cop. It's fucking, it's just crazy, you guys. Um, somehow, somehow, I wanted to motivate people, folks. Here at Mutiny Radio, we are experiencing plumbing trouble. You might hear some dripping in the background. But Beth is on it. Beth and Jonathan, I believe, handle it. Good job, you guys. That is the, the plumber at work, folks. All right. Um, you guys, uh, judges. Yeah, it just sucks because like we're devolving back into the, the dark ages of racism and fear. It's like fucking we're better than this. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like make this positive because I realized how negative it was. Um, yeah, enlightenment is possible, some shit. Uh, go to sleep happy tonight, guys. Um, I creep women out. Mm. I, I don't know what it is, you guys. I'll, uh, I'll see a hot girl sit down. I'll sit down next to her. I'll be like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, my God, gross. And she takes off. Like, without flushing. I love how they flushed right on cue. I love that. Sound effects to my jokes. This is awesome. Yeah, but they don't flush. But I mean, my sister's never been really hygienic anyways. 
got a groan. I'm so happy with that groan. I'm John. Thanks. John, stay up there. John Ortiz. Woo! Having sex with his sister. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the. I'm glad that's the one you ended on because I didn't want to forget it. When you said and without flushing and first thing. You might want to follow up with in there yelling out what are you doing in the girl's bathroom or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I thought immediately. <laughs> okay. Um, like something to address that little miss nugget that was given to us that you're in some girl's... <laughs> but that, that, that's really funny, actually. That premise there. Um, um, and what, dude, I'm voting for Donald Trump. How dare you? Now, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people are. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, I think people are voting no, for Donald Trump. No, wait, so you were really a police officer. You were really in the police academy. And they were really teaching you how to falsify reports? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this was like in between classes. There was like a group of five or six of us in report writing class. Oh, man. It was like five or six years ago, though. Anyway. Are you a cop? No. Like, is this a sting? <laughs> I'm afraid. You should talk about how you're not a cop. I, I, I really liked your story, but it, it did confuse me for a second because I did get nervous. I was like, oh my God, is he a cop? I thought yeah. he was cool. I was like, and then I was like, oh no. Uh, oh shit. So you might want to clarify because um, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't like police right now. So yeah, it no, makes yeah. you unlikable on stage, right. kind of. I don't know. I think he came off as not a cop once he revealed that he was talking to a woman on the toilet. <laughs> no, I think, no, I mean, cops, cops are, are creepy, man. I can see use a cop. Badge, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they can arrest a woman for, like, not consent. Dude, have you, there's have, a lot of stories of that. Uh, of, well, John, have you seen Superbad? Yes. Yeah, that's what I think the one I think of cops. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. almost better than um, the alternative where you think you're gonna die. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you? Oh, they're just fun. No, be very careful. Um, uh, yeah. You have it. Oh no, I. Let me see. And then you talked about your childhood. I'm trying to remember because those are actually pretty solid. Because you want kind of like stereotype, and I was and just to like fuck with Trump the whole thing. When, oh no, I I originally thought you were gonna go with like. Uh, we're bad fathers. Like, listen, man, I got ten baby mamas, all right, and they all get their child support on time. It's not my fault with what they do with it or something like that. Yeah. But you talk talking about your dad, and right, that, right, right. that still went funny because you talking about the cocaine and you were talking about everything else. And and you had lots and lots of punchlines. I mean, you were I know, just yeah, like, you punch, went, punch, boom, punch, boom, punch. Boom. There were lots of tags, and that's it. Just kept going. I was like, Jesus, he's got a lot of. I, I, re- nice. I really liked your tags too. I have one for Donald Trump. You could say Donald Trump said Mexicans don't make good fathers. Trumps don't make good humans or something like that. Yeah. And then for for the cocaine one, uh, I really like that. I think you could cut it down. So like, yeah, I learned to swim in the Rio and the swimming part. Like, just c- make it concise. Like, I learned to swim in the Rio Grande. Uh, cocaine weighs more than water or something like that. Just like fast. I don't know. Here's one. I, I love that whole cocaine thing, and I I thought that it was great that it's not a flotation device at the end. I think that that's because you can't get it wet actually probably right because it would dissolve. And right. then they'd be mad at you, yeah, and you wouldn't get to come across the like, oh, surprising. Now, but the yeah. question we all have, but the question I do have for you is, like, what are your dad's rates? Because I just got here. I'm looking for <laughs> your dad's rates, okay? I just got here. I'm looking for a study connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, should I say up top that I'm Mexican? Because I tried to, like, say the whole Trump thing. 
Right. Well, your last name is Ortiz. It's the same yeah, thing I mean, with well, head. Well, it's well, pretty well, clear. That's like. <clears throat> But I, mean, the, I, I got it with the whole Mexican, you know, with that whole thing. But uh, back to that joke, you could say uh, Mexicans don't make good fathers. Trump doesn't make good hairpiece buying decisions. That's a good one. That's better. That's better. Yeah. Or uh, when you started going to the whole father thing, when he said... Uh, uh, Trump said Mexicans don't make good fathers. I thought you were going to go somewhere with uh, uh, Trump's father giving him a whole bunch of money. And you, you're you like, oh, we all can't do that. So, like, or some shit like that's that. Very, oh, that's a really yeah. good point, yeah. You can. Here's the mic. I believe in you, too. <laughs> See, you got to take that voice, man. It's good. <laughs> Do we have any other comments for Jonathan Ortiz? All right, clap your hands together, yay! We've got Mexicans doing Mexican jokes, and we've got half Japanese guys doing Oriental jokes, and now our next comedian. Is also uh, from Asia. It's also from A today. We're taking a tour of Asia. Hey, you guys, put your hands together. Sanj Noah. Hey guys, uh, so I'll run through some jokes and just see what you guys think about this. Uh, so I noticed that life is a circle, you know? Like when you get old, uh, old people start wearing diapers again, you know? Like when you get up to like 80 years old, you get all wrinkly, start looking like a fetus. My grandma didn't age well, she looks like an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I was just a year... <laughs> Thank you, Pam, <laughs> for the support. I was just at a urinal. Uh, if you piss hard enough, do you shed pubic hair? <laughs> All right, I'll work on that. <laughs> uh, in other news, Donald Trump is running for president. I know you guys are probably aware of this. Uh, what was God thinking when he made Donald Trump, you know? I think God has a crack addiction that we can trace back to Donald Trump's conception, you know? <laughs> and God has been struggling with drugs for years, you know? Like Hillary Clinton is when he got on Adderall. Jeb Bush is when he developed a tolerance to Adderall. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner is when he started juicing. You know, it just, I mean, it just goes on. And he, he finally just went cold turkey, you know, like that's it. That's enough. And then Miley Cyrus uh, made him relapse. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know, man. I think people are going to vote for Trump, though. Like, if I've learned anything, like, there's bullshit that every, that at least someone will accept, you know? Like, Trump is bullshit, someone will accept that. Another example of this is William Shakespeare. Somebody told me, you know, he's one of the greatest literary figures of all time. I think the guy was dyslexic. Like, all right, uh, William, can you read this? Uh, uh, do not be a borrower or a lender. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Nope, that's backwards. All right, William, try this one. Uh, uh, I don't think, uh, I think the lady protests too much. The lady protests too much, methinks. Nope, you're going to have to stay in after class, William. You know, if I read like that, I would have been held back multiple times. I'd be in middle school right now, you know. Uh, I have a lot of Asian friends. I really like uh, Asian last names. I think they're very poetic. Uh, because they rhyme with each other and they rhyme with a lot of other things too. I, I think Dr. Seuss might have done an ode to 
Asian, <laughs> Asian last names, you know, just like uh, this is a story about a boy named Chang who got raided by a prison gang. Uh, hold on, let me think how. <laughs> hold on, let me think how this goes. Uh, oh, I do not eat Wang, Mr. Fang. You're a sweet and sour boomerang. Well, then say hello to Zhang and Yang. They'll teach you how to eat my Wang. Thank you. That's an original piece by me, written by me in the spirit of Dr. Seuss. Thank you. Uh, moving on from there. Do you have you guys ever been cheated on? Yeah. Can I have a show of hands? No. Wow, you guys are lucky. Well, it sucks, man. And uh, let me tell you, it sucks when uh, your uh, significant other acts like he or she is the victim. You know, they're acting like they're they're like a Vietnam War vet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. I was I was there. I pushed back some leaves, you know, and then I got lost. I yelled out Charlie because his name was Charlie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then his gun went off and it just went all foggy. I, I don't I don't remember. Are you telling me you got PTSD from sucking dick? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? God damn, that might just be some scary dick. My condolences. Uh, yeah, man. Or they act like they, they just had no choice in the matter. They're just nonchalant. That just makes you even more mad. So why did, why did, you, so why did you sleep with them? There was a dick. Was I just not supposed to ride it? Yeah! Yeah, how about that? Are you fucking with me? Is this a monastery? I don't know. A lot of people call me a hipster because I uh, have terrible fashion sense and argue a lot. Uh, I'm not a hipster though, let me tell you that. Hipsters are annoying as fuck, you know? Hipsters always say, you know, uh, oh, you just hate us because we're different. No, we hate you because you're retarded, all right? You're just standing there with your leather-bound iPhone case, you know, your corduroy capri pants, just uh, smoking out of a vape shaped like a pipe, you know? You look like Sherlock Holmes and smell like Willy Wonka. <laughs> God damn it, man. <laughs> you know, uh, it's about existentialism, Sanj. Two words for you, man. Existentialism. That's one word, Paul. Well, I think it should be two words. <laughs> I think, I think all, a lot of hipsters secretly want to revert back to being normal, but they're too ashamed to admit it. You know? Like, you, it has to be the case. Like, just imagine a hipster walking down the street in July, just gets to, like, the end, like, fuck. Why do I not own shoes? Holy shit. <laughs> you know? It has to happen. And they, now they're stuck. They just have to wait now for when hipsterism becomes so mainstream that they could revert back and say that they're still being hipster. You know what I mean? Like, Paul, you have a car now. What happened to your penny farthing, dude? Dude, I hawked it. Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, I know about that because I watch TV now. Yeah, dude. Energy conservation is just too fucking mainstream. Thank you so much. Yeah. Your mic's off for some reason. I <laughs> I, I'm looking so forward to what you're going to say about that. Just maybe push the bottom in with the XLR. Sometimes it gets a little wonky. Test. There you go. All right. Uh, fun, uh, fun fact. That rhyme you did, that Dr. Seuss poem that you wrote, mm -hmm. fun fact about that, it's in the I Ching. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, we got that. Okay. Uh, so book a dagger. Let's see where we're going. Oh, dude, your hipster joke I really like. Um... I almost feel like you could have set that a little bit before, no, we hate you because you're retarded by saying, like, pointing out that they're all the same. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, you're like what we like to call typically unique uh. or something <laughs> like that. All right. Yeah. And you're fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That's such a good tag. 
right, I, I, have, I have something on your hipster joke, too. Uh, you can go back to the Dr. Seuss thing, because I do not like green existentialism and ham. I do not like them, yeah. hipster I am, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? You can do, like, a, a callback there with... that Because that existentialism is funny because of green eggs and ham. And when you said it, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny because it's existentialism, but it's like, existentialism, I don't like green eggs. Yeah. Either. So I just thought that was cute. Do you think that might be too uh, cerebral? Like that green eggs and ham is actually existentialist? No, because existentialist. Oh, say the word oh, eggs, oh. Eggs I thought you were talking about like I am Sam is an existential. Well, it, it is too, yeah. but the existentialist. <laughs> okay, existential. All right, I and got then, that. Because he's a dumb hipster. And it's I like, just got that. Yeah. And I'm, I like green existentialism because I'm a dumb hipster and don't know what, hipster, you know, don't <laughs> yeah. know what it is anyways. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, I have one comment. Uh, you say um a lot, and yeah. the way that you like just burn through all your material. I think that you need to like space out, like at least pause for a minute between jokes, mm-hmm. just so that uh, you know it sounds like you're not speaking a mile a minute, so it doesn't look like you're super nervous because okay, yeah, your your face is kind of. Looks like it's moist. Yeah. I know. No, I feel that. I think what I'm doing, what you're saying, I'm doing, which I definitely am, is I don't know the material that well yet. So mm-hmm. I'm basically speeding through it and then thinking and then speeding and thinking. Right. Like I'm well, stopping rather it, than pacing. You it, think that? Yeah. It's good material. You just need to pace yourself and you know put a pause in between the jokes. Okay. They're, at least that's my opinion. Your okay. first joke was killer. On that note, abortion. Uh, okay, the first one is uh, life is a circle. Uh, you know, when you get old, you start wearing diaper, diapers again. Uh, you 80 year olds are pretty wrinkly. They look like fetuses. My grandma didn't age well. She's an abortion. Okay. And then my second one is uh, the second one. I'm trying to work on the wording. Uh, I was just oh, at a, okay, okay, okay. no the urinal. Urinal. I feel like those almost. Your mic's off again. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't think we could touch the mics or it's like something goes off. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Are we? Am I yeah. back? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, now you're out again. Mic switch. Now you're good. Now you're good. Am I okay? Yeah, you're good. The first, uh, the first two mics. The first two mics. <laughs> yeah, that, that um, looks. That looks right. They uh, <laughs> not the first two mics. The first two jokes you had. I think they were actually strong. In a, it, it maybe just a little bit of uh, like. Delivery and emphasis. Okay. As you said them, because the first one, like, I was like, that had a lot of punch to it. Mm-hmm. If you deliver it with some of that gusto to yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. And the second one, like, I want to say, like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like project this out. out again. Talk. He's out again. You're out again. Yeah. There you go. Now you're in. Okay. Oh, and on the second one, I don't want to project any style or anything, but almost like if you piss too hard, or was it? If you piss too hard, oh, do that you was s- great. Your pubic hairs fall off. Yeah. If, if you piss too hard, do you lose pubic hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I can't understand. Yeah, yeah, change the delivery. I get it. Yeah. Oh, would it be funnier if for that joke? Is it funnier if I say, if you piss too hard, do you lose pubic hair? Or uh, I didn't know you could piss pubic hair. Which is I funny. didn't know you could piss pew. Uh, which no, is that, that it's both falling. Out. It said it's falling off. Is the joke that you yeah, piss because so that, hard that, that it falls off. Because you're finding it in off. the urinal, right? You yeah. found the pubic. Am I on? You find the pubic hair in the urinal. Yeah. And uh, just you know, you deliver that the right way, so people get that point, dude. 
Is that oh, better sorry. than just saying pissing pubic hair? What do you think? No, you, you can't say pissing pubic hair, but it's that you piss so... Have you guys ever pissed so hard that you've lost pubic hair? Okay. And then you can be like, you, you know, it's it's floating around in there like a dead okay. baby. Or I don't know. Yeah, like a, it's floating know. around in there like my grandma. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's uh, a great callback. Uh, <laughs> great callback. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me... So they didn't do that. Uh, did the Asian joke even work? Is that even funny? I took well, a long time to write that. <laughs> say, funny thing about the Asian joke, it's in the Quran, or it's in the I Ching. <laughs> Wait, what is, what's the I Ching? I don't know. It's, uh, it's a series of, it's a it's like a prophecy book where you, you flip coins and you flip them in certain the sequences, I the I Ching, and it tells you your future and what's going on with your life. Oh. It's like a study or a practice awesome. of... Um, I don't know. Maybe it's Buddhist. I learned about it from uh, Dao's. I learned about it from Dao's. Wu Tang. No, that's <laughs> what <laughs> I learned about. Wu Tang. Yeah. <laughs> from yeah. RZA, it taught me a lot about Asian culture. Yeah, <laughs> dude. For the longest time, I thought that was an Asian group before I, I, I knew about rap. I believe <laughs> the Wu Tang Clan is the way that every half Asian man learns, learns about, about Asian <laughs> culture. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds great, guys. Uh, oh, I have one more thing. Um, yeah. Once you got into your Dr. Seuss rhyme, you were fine, but he never starts a book the way you started it. Say the first line of your Dr. Seuss thing again. Uh, the first line of Dr. Seuss. The first line of Dr. Seuss, when you start telling your story. Oh, when I start telling, oh. Yeah. There once, this he is He never a, starts it. He oh never yeah, starts sure, it. Yeah. This is a story about, Dr. Seuss never does that. He just starts okay. with, like, the rhyme, like, there we sat, we two, we sat. Okay. And, and then he came, the cat in the hat. Or whatever. Were you guys buying that at all? Did you I like was. that story? Once you got into the... You threw me off, though, at the beginning, because, like, Dr. Seuss is, like, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, old fish, new fish. Yeah, okay. F- fuck my mom, or whatever, one, two, two, but it's two, not, two, two. you know, so once you got into Wang and Chang and fucking their dong or whatever you did, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I dug it. Okay. Did you guys dig it? Yeah. 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 Uh, did you guys like the cheating on joke? So I think the Vietnam one worked. I don't know whether the second yeah. one. Well, I, when I, you like, said Charlie, I was like, because he was an Asian. Charlie's. What's the first thing I thought in my head? Was, <laughs> he was Charlie because he was Vietnamese. <laughs> and it doesn't suck count if it's a Vietnamese penis. I mean, look at it. Look at it, guys. It's so small. <laughs> oh, what, what were we going to say, John? Uh, I was going to say, like, um, you, uh, it goes back to what he was saying about like, certain pauses in there. Like, you need some commas in there. Because you were doing like the act outs and the voices, and I was still trying to figure out the setup. So like you rushed right through the setup. What were you talking about exactly? Like you for said, the which one? Uh, the Charlie. Why? Oh, the Charlie thing. So I was talking about dick sucking, and so uh, yeah, I was like, so basically like if like your girlfriend does whatever, uh, like she's telling you the story, she's pretending like she's the victim of it. You know, like she doesn't know she's a Vietnam War vet. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I just. I pushed back the leaves and I got lost. Like when it comes to her sucking dick. Uh huh. That's what it's like. Okay. Yeah. Right. Do I need yeah, to specify dude. that? Uh, no, I think you just have to set it up a little bit, a little bit more clear in people's heads. I think. Okay. Because then, you know, once I got that handled, then it'll be funny. You know. Okay. Like, oh shit, that is, that's pretty clever. You know. Um, and if you're doing a, you're you're mentioning the parting of the leaves is like going through pubic hair. That's kind of what I got was like pushing back. That's exactly like the, what it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you could even, instead of saying leaves, you can make it more specific, like pushing through the net of brambles until I got. Okay, you know what I mean? awesome, like, awesome. Because it's pubic hair. Right? Yeah, because I didn't want to straight up say pubic hair because that ruins the metaphor, but definitely make it more specific. All right, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Song.
again, thank you guys for your patience tonight. We have one last comedian for you, and thank him for his patience as well. He is a lovely human being, and uh, comes all the way from Hayward. He has a great show over there, and uh, he's does. Uh, what's your night at Brainwash? You produce a show at Brainwash, oh, don't you? Uh, Project yeah. September 9th, everybody go to Project Brainwash and clap your hands together right now. It's very funny, Benjamin Law. Keep it going for Pam, guys. Please keep it going for Pam. She is amazing and I, I love her very much. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I didn't come up here with anything to really uh, say. I got a few like jokes to work out, I guess, but they're not really jokes. They're like half jokes. They're like, eh. I don't know, I, like, I just got this sweater. And uh, it's really it was really cheap because uh, Cosby sweaters are really cheap now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ever since uh, ever since American Apparel announced they were shutting down, uh, I, don't know, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I just uh, Pam, you know, me and my girlfriend are always breaking up, and getting, you know that, and uh, it ended again. Aww. It's okay. You don't have to act like that. You know, it's it's gonna happen. She's gonna. Just gonna trick me back into being with her, but uh, <laughs> she uh, she we broke up a few weeks ago. She's been working out a lot, and uh, just to get her mind off me. I don't know. She's just fuck her, and uh, <laughs> she's been working out a lot. And uh, she posted a picture on Instagram, and uh, it was like a it was like a, it was like a side profile picture of like her like a few weeks ago and her now, and she was like fatter back then, but barely. Like it's not even that big of a deal. But she was fat, and then she wasn't fat in the new picture. And uh, her friends, uh, she was like, what did she say? She was like, she was like, I stopped fucking with him, and now I'm fucking with myself. Or something like that. And she just, she's like, yeah, I'm skinny, bitches, or something. And her, friend, her friends were like, yes, girl. Yes, good job. Yes. I was, and I was mad, because you can't, you can't blame me for being fat. Like, that was, <laughs> that's your fault. I didn't, in the... And so I, j I got upset and I commented on the picture. I said, you just lost all that weight because you stopped eating this dick. And uh, <laughs> all my friends commented. They're like, yes, blood, yes. We I love my friends. Uh, she is the devil, that, that little Indian girl. I hate her. Uh, I don't know. She, uh, she doesn't like that I, that, that I do stand up once in a while. She doesn't like. She, she upsets her. She, uh, it's embarrassing, I guess, maybe because I make jokes like that, and we record it on MutinyRadio.com, <laughs> post it every week. Uh, I came home late from an open mic once, and she was like, uh, Ben, I can't do this anymore. Everything is about comedy to you. Everything is a fucking joke. I said, oh, my God. She said, what? And I said, this is a great idea for a fucking joke. I need to write this down. <laughs> Wrote it down, told it on stage, we broke up again. Uh, look, what else? Uh, football is coming back. Is there any football? No, it doesn't look like it. No, no one here was. Pam, do you like football? Yeah, it's fuck it. It's sports. Uh, sports jokes never work when I'm out here for some reason. Uh, uh, I'm excited for football. I like football. I just think, I think, I think men like, like sports because it's the only time they could admire another man without being called gay. Uh, Cause if we felt the same way about, we feel that way about athletes. Like if we like admired other people, like we admire athletes, we would, it, was, it would just be some gay shit always. Like, <laughs> bro, you see, give it up for the dog. Uh, what was that? Jo oh yeah, the jokes like, uh, 
What was the joke? It was, oh, football and gayness. Um, if, we were, if we admired doctors like football players, when, like, you see how fucking Dr. Swanson performed that surgery? Dude was amazing. That, that doesn't sound too gay. That actually sounds really respectful. Uh, never mind. Fuck that joke. Uh, what else I got? Oh, I'm not. There we go. Pam, I'm not where I want to be in life. Oh. Right. It's okay. I'm only 19, so nothing really matters. Uh, I. I I just remember when I was a kid, I had these goals, right? I was I wanted to I wanted to do something with my like Plan A, uh, NBA player it was just straight off the top, cause I hooped I hooped in elementary. Plan B, rapper of course, cause I I spit bars I got uh, hot fire. Uh, plan C was to be an NBA player who rapped in the off season, and uh, then Plan D was stand up comic. So uh, what I'm trying to say is. I don't really have to give up on rap yet, you know? Like, <laughs> I can still drop that fire mixtape. <laughs> oh, man. I like rap music. I, that's what I grew up on um, because my dad was a drug dealer and uh, got something in common. And my dad was a drug dealer in the way, like, my dad just, I didn't, my dad turned, came, he, my dad was homeless, uh, <laughs> to put it simple. Uh, and I never knew he was homeless. But because uh, every time, but I, re- I figured out because every, every time I asked my mom to like, I, wa- I said, Mom, I want to hang out with dad. She would just go drop me off at the nearest park. And uh, <laughs> I thought my dad just loved basketball a lot. I thought he was out there hooping all the time. But uh, nope, he was homeless. And uh, he would, he would, he would you get fucked up fatherly advice when your dad's homeless. Like, like, he, wouldn't, like he would teach you about uh, like where the warmest bushes are in the city. Like, <laughs> They were the ones right by the streetlights, you know. Like, oh, we didn't talk. He didn't talk about the birds. He literally talked about the birds and the bees, like, because that was his competition. <laughs> birds and bees. Oh man, I love my. No, he's not homeless anymore. He uh, he lives with his best friend, my uncle. But they're just friends. But we call him uncle because you know. But uh, he's not homeless. That's he's not homeless anymore. But uh. He still hates his life, you know. Uh, he's like, he did his birthday a few weeks ago. He was like, I was like, happy birthday, dad. He's like, don't say that shit to me. I'm 46 years old and I ain't got shit to show for it. I said, that's not true, dad. You got me. He said, you ain't shit, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got a great family. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to I miss my mom a lot, you know. Every, every, I just always, every day I miss my mom. She's, she's a great person. She's an amazing lady. She's still alive. She's just a bitch now, you know. <laughs> She's just, oh my god. She just try kicking me out the house, but still wants me to do dishes. Like, I don't, it doesn't compute. What you wanna? You gonna squeak it? Gonna, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. What do I want to? I gotta. What else did I have new? Well, it was not new. But it's in my phone. What uh, am I gonna pull out my phone? Uh, it was like, I there's something wrong with young people. Where like my age, like where. Like you see it on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram, where people are like romanticizing the crazy significant other, like they're like, "Oh my God, I'm a crazy ass girlfriend, and I do all this shit, and he loves it." And I don't think people like if you really have a crazy girlfriend, that's not that's not that's not nice. That's fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, that's just a premise. Like I haven't really I haven't really worked anything into that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write that and I'm gonna fuck up my ex girlfriend with that joke. <laughs> And we're going to do it at Mutiny, and I'm going to send her the podcast. 
and be like, take this, bitch. And she's going to be like, damn, that's why I broke up with you. <laughs> this is all your fault. And I'm, I'm still being denial, though. All right, guys, that's my set. Ben Lowell, our last comedian of the night. We have comments. I have comments. You guys have comments? I have one comment. How does it feel to be the first comic to get the horn tonight? No, I, no I we just, just worked on like no, we, I just, jokes and yeah. It's all good. You did like six and a half I, I minutes. You did like seven know, minutes. I yeah, you did great. I, no, it's great. It yeah. was, yeah, it was very yeah, dude. I love the horn. I, 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 yeah. like you get to still talk though. You still have stage time right oh, now. Okay. There you go. I, lo- I love the horn. Yeah, ben, I have a bunch of tags for you. I just want to give them to right. you real quick so I don't forget. I thought you were, had a really good set. Thank you. Uh, for the, what was the joke about your girlfriend uh, showing her abs? I used to fuck with him. Now I fuck with this. Was that it? So it was like, I, I, I was fat because I was fucking with him. Now I'm skinny because I'm fucking with myself. Oh, yeah. I was fucking with him. Now I'm fucking with myself. You could be like, no, bitch. You were, I was, you were fucking with me. Now you're fucking with no one or something like that. Also, you could talk about uh, when on eating this dick or something. You could say, I just have high-calorie jizz. That's why she lost weight or something. Like something out of that more yeah. graceful. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. And then the bush was an easy tag. He showed, showed me the warmest bush to hide in. That's a really easy like thing to elaborate on. Because of sex? Because it's the bush? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it's a whole... Who has or, those? Or yeah, you could... Like, I love, I love chastity or something like that. You could say uh, his, he showed me this bush that was right next to a dumpster. I like that. Um, he did show me a bush next to the dumpster once. <laughs> <laughs> Your joke about doctors versus um, athletes, too. If you, like, catch yourself, like, fucking up, like, ah, maybe it's actually respectful. That could actually be a joke. Like, if you deliver yeah. it in a way that's like, ah, I fucked up, and you catch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I in get that. Way, yeah, yeah. I could, uh, depending on how you want to go. I could, I, I could totally do something with that, I think. Thanks. I think you're missing a grand opportunity to rap. You keep talking about how you want to be rap. That whole thing about jobs <laughs> no, is hilarious, uh-huh. and that you bring up rapping again at uh-huh. the, as the end when you're like, I could still be a rapper. Yeah. Like, I really want you to throw something out uh, that's I, like jokey or even that's about your ex-girlfriend or, you know like cause you can rhyme bitch with bitch I mean I've learned that from rap music yeah I've done that uh, I'm, it's, it's kinda hard cause I am working on a mixtape actually oh and shit yeah, and I, yeah it's gonna slap too he but, doesn't uh, wanna burn any material what oh yeah no I just I don't want I, I'm, try, I'm really fucked up in my head cause I think I can really like I can drop a fire mixtape and, and still do stand up and talk shit about rap but I, I don't want to mix them yet. Like I don't, oh. I'm scared because I don't want to be like a like a musical comedian. There's nothing wrong with them, but I don't think that's my lane. You but know. I mean, one couplet, two lines that rhyme I'm a, that can, are just like that are super. Yeah, I can. Rappy. I can. That, uh, be, that can uh, be. It would. It. You, it seems like it needs to be there. Yeah, fuck you in your parents' bed. Blow me like a clarinet. Like so I can. Yeah, I can do that's that. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice rhyme too. Yeah. Bed Thank and you. Ed. It's the embedded. It's rhyme a little slant ed. rhyme because Ed and Et. Yeah, I had a, I took a poetry class last quarter. Nice. Yeah. You could also just do it the other way and have a really shitty rap and be like, yep, and that's why I'm doing comedy or something like that. Yeah, I could. I don't know. Well, uh, whatever you want to do. You might you might have too much like pride because you're actually a good rapper. You uh, might not want to do it. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like no, I'm not gonna give up my bars for, right, exactly, <laughs> for jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I might have. I don't know. It's it's an open box. Like a music agent. So. Uh, well, you, you, when you start talking about your dad, start talking about how he's homeless. I think him being homeless. It's out. It's out. It's out. 
you have to there you go the bottom it's at the bottom it's just test, the, test, the test, exo. Test, there you test, go. Test, you're, test, in, test. you're in. I think him being homeless should be the punch. Okay. Okay. Because you start, you just, you tell us he's homeless, and that's funny. But it, so, for example, if you start with the one where like, yeah, I would want to see him. Mom would take me to the park, and then you, that joke is great. It's so great. You should put it at the top, and then the rest of the jokes are about him being homeless. Oh, okay. So ease the way, ease my way into the homelessness, and then no, basically like you're telling us he's homeless. Yeah, yeah. So stop. And that's yeah. funny premise. Uh-huh. But if you could tell us he's homeless with that joke, okay. so like we get he's homeless with that joke. I think like. So set up the park, the playing, and that at the end means, oh, he's homeless? Like the whole dad bit about him being homeless. Like the punch should be he's homeless. Okay. You know? So, so for example, t- tell that one again. You, you, you tell your mom you want to uh, go see him. She'd take you to the park. Yeah. And then, I didn't know he was homeless. My, every time I wanted to go see him, my mom would just drive me off at a park. So, so oh, it's give, that easy. Just switch it and say, yeah. whenever I wanted to see my, my dad, my mom would just drop me Oh, yeah, so park. I could be like, oh, yeah, my parents were separated, uh-huh. and every time, I, yeah. Every so. time I wanted to see my dad, my mom would just drop me off at the park, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't know yeah. for the longest time. He, yeah. showed me his, okay. he showed me where to sleep, uh, or he showed me his favorite bush, or whatever, all that yeah. stuff. And you then, probably have to, like, reword it yeah, punch yeah, a couple yeah. times, but I think that'd it's be funny. really strong. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think everybody would love to hear more about it, like, if you start off with okay. that reveal with that punch okay. i think so dude. thank you uh, on that note uh, you could structure like uh like uh every time that i wanted to see my father my mom would take me to the park he showed me this bush one time that was really close to a dumpster i didn't know the importance of it then another joke and then finally turns out he was homeless yeah, yeah. i like that that is, yeah, that's a way better way to go with the joke, I think, now that I think about it. Thanks. It's really valuable, too. Yeah, yeah. To open up, like, that bit, mm-hmm. that joke. All right. I and it's funny. You're, you write very funny things. Yeah, Thank you. For 19, dude, like, you're... Thank you. You could also say my dad was an unemployed... My dad was a... Uh, Unemployed park ranger or something like that. <laughs> I, I thought he was an unemployed park ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Every oh time I wanted to see my dad, my mom would drop me ranger. off at the yeah, top. Yeah, my mom yeah. would drop me off at a park. That's I thought he was an unemployed park ranger. I thought park rangers didn't take baths or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that is really funny. He taught yeah. me how to. He taught me how to uh, how to get snacks uh, out of a garbage <laughs> can. I didn't. I thought that he was recycling. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he is gonna hate me because oh, and. Um, when you say he's not homeless anymore, uh-huh. you say he's like, is he paying rent with your friend, or is he no. just? You could say, well, he's, he's like, not houseless. He's, he's not. He's not houseless anymore. He's still mm-hmm. homeless. Yeah, but he has yeah. a house to stay in or something like that. He's lightweight homeless. I think they like to call it questionably housed. <laughs> yeah, you, you could always do a. Um, all right, here, here's a joke that, or part of a joke. Uh, say that you've always asked your father to help you move, and he always seemed a little bit too eager to do it. <laughs> I, I could go everywhere with you this homeless go. dad yeah, joke. Yeah, it's pretty. Ra- it's a great premise. All right. For the oh, I one more thing. Uh, for the bush thing, uh, I really like that. I don't know why I'm stuck on that. <laughs> you could go. Uh, yeah, my dad showed me. You know, the warmest bushes. He stayed in some. I stayed in some. There's only one bush we've shared. Or something. I don't know if you oh. want to go really, if you want to go really like far out. I don't know. Yeah. Your choice. 
You, you, you are into the bush. <laughs> Ever since the, the pissing off the pubes joke, I do. You were the bush yeah, guy. Yeah, very old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's Dave's old porn, dude. <laughs> oh, man. All right, any more comments for Benjamin Law? All right. All right. Thanks, Thank Pam. You guys. Thanks, Thank guys. You Well, thank you guys all for being here today on the Joke Workshop here at Mutiny Radio. Thank you guys also for being patient with our late start. We did just do a lot of remodeling. I'd like to thank Jonathan Moore. I think he's outside. He's being very patient. He worked all day, and then he hung out here to listen to you guys. So, yay, audience. Uh, but come back next week. Uh, I should see you guys all on uh, Friday for Pamtastics. Also, tomorrow night, I'm hosting the Brainwash Mutiny Radio Takeover. It's the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, tomorrow's showcase has really great comedians. Uh, Joey Avery, Ruby Gill, Spencer Latham, and... I'm a dick because I don't remember the fourth one. <laughs> but I think it's a girl and I can't remember. Who is it? Oh, well, come tomorrow and see. I give people longer sets on Tuesdays uh, for the showcase too because, like, what's the point, you know, if you're going to – but anyways, it's open mic, showcase, open mic, tomorrow night at Brainwash. I hope to see you guys there and then be here on Friday for Pamtastics and uh, everything else at MutinyRadio.fm. Bye. Yay. <laughs>
give us this day our daily yeses. Yes to life. Yes to living. Yes to caring. Yes to giving. Yes to creating. Yes to thinking. Yes to clarity. Yes to balance. Yes to being. Yes to seeing. Yes to yeses. Give us this day our daily yeses.
John Trudell. And now, back in the studio. Give me Ellery. Ellery. Mm. Bonjour. 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 Okay, the mic is on. Oui, oui. Je peux t'écouter. Ready? Oui. Oui. Nous sommes prêtes. Nous sommes prêtes. Nous sommes prêtes. Toujours prêtes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Things is so very precious. 
hearts precious That last song um, took a few years to write, but it was born in a bus at a place where I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> okay, here we go. Purposes are 
Wow. One more. Thank you, Dave. So good to see you reaching in and reaching out. So good to have you back here on the Commons Collective here at Bimbo Radio. I know it's time. So good to be here in this, in my town of my adult childhood, as I keep saying. Can someone do me a favor and grab a capo out of the front of the case right there? Oh, this. 
Thank you. I think we better have an encore. <laughs> Thank you. An encore? Yeah, why not? Go for it. We got Is time. Okay with everybody? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm not more. Sorry, I'm not more energetic today. I'm feeling a little under the weather. But you sounded great. It's a pleasure to play for you all. It's our pleasure. <laughs> our treat. <laughs> There's a song I have that's called Blue Outside that's all about persistence and thinking about the UN Treaty of the Indigenous People and thinking about the song that Chaos Button played about fighting back and persist and also thinking about playing music while feeling sick. <laughs> it seems like the right song to play. I'll do it. Okay, here goes. I refuse to fight the fire. I want to fill a cup with you as we move through rooms, series. 
the rooms connected by doors 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 and persistence it gets us through persistence it gets us through persistence it gets us through how'd you get to be so strong i bet you were born that way you ask why do you ask i don't know i'm only learning learn 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 and persistence it gives you their persistence it gives you their persistence it gets you there the definite and perpetual joy i feel in your presence is indispensable and i wanna hear you wanna wanna hear you sing i wanna hear you wanna hear you sing i wanna hear you wanna hear you sing out loud and i Good to have Hi. you back. Ellery. It happens right here at Common Thread Collective. It does. And your and your music's is at Elgibel. Is that still where people can find your music? Um, or where what's Elgibel it? is kind of passing out. I'm working on in a new band called Breadwinner. And so you can find us on Bandcamp. We just came out with a new album, our first album. And our breadwinner site is Breadwinner Wins Bread. Dot bandcamp.com. <laughs> nice. Okay. Bring the bread. Breadwinner wins <laughs> bread. Well, we win. Everybody wins here today because that was an amazing performance. What a, what a special I, I what a special on afternoon. Next up there, Val. But right here in the studio, who do we have? We've got Richard Sanderell. Richard Sanderell. So good to see you, Richard. That you're a regular participant in this in this in this divine madness we call Common Thread Collective. Take it away, brother. Well, I'm always glad to be here, <coughs> and uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I do, uh, we did hear that news about John Trudell. I do hope that people uh, 
uh, do take the time out if they do pray to do so. Uh, if you don't pray, to, that you think about him, uh, because quite frankly, he's one of the good ones. Um, so I'm going to read first a piece uh, dedicated to Floyd Red Crow Westerman, Floyd who, Westerman. Uh, who wow. John, yes, uh, who also John looked up to. Uh, um, Floyd, you know, mentored a lot of a lot and of people. And Leonard here also. <clears throat> That's right. Okay, so. <clears throat> there once were cultures that prayed through trees, while others decorated them in thanks. Still others lived by the fruit given, and they ate and played. While other cultures celebrated the trees for their ability to dance and bend with the wind, they emulated that dance below. Other cultures knew trees were, uh, were the, the lungs of the earth, all breathed easier, caring for them. Some cultures loved trees for their qualities, the weepers, grand, stately, spindly, those that shimmer, quiver. Still other cultures knew that the trees held the land, kept it from sliding, and walked easy on the earth. The wisest of these cultures knew the trees for all of the, of the above qualities. Though there are cultures who still do these things, new cultures have, have, have arisen. They see trees only as a way of profiting from the flesh for fiber, houses, furniture, all for their own personal gain, greed. Those trees will no longer dance with the wind, no longer the weepers, grand, stately, spindly, those that shimmer, quiver, no longer able to keep up being the healthy lungs of the earth and to provide the fruit that was given, no longer able to hold the flesh of the earth together. The forests are dying. It's not that we can't use for the, uh, the trees for the benefit, but that we do so so unwisely. We failed to, to listen and learn from the Aboriginal people who have already made these mistakes and learned and gained the wisdom, who knew wisely the best way to use the land where they lived. We in the modern world have not, and look what we have wrought upon us and the flora and fauna. May the earth and the life that has been murdered forgive. <clears throat> Talking about the good, the good ark and for uh, forgiveness. This is a new one. I call it property rights. Uh, Usans, uh, by the way, I, I do say USA for the Usan Empire. It's the United States of America, and I call us the Usan Empire. So if you hear me use that, that's who I'm talking about. Usans are possessed with property rights as well they should be since they clutched, grabbed, stole, murdered, and dispossessed the possessors of everything they could and still do. Welcome to contemporary USA. There are even some acculturated native people who support Usan's property rights, warning Usan's about the government or local resistance as to how they use or sell their property. Imagine that, a lovely divide and conquer tactic, native against native on who owns what. Usans, as well as the other imperious governments and their ilk, believe that they actually own and own, possess. They do, <clears throat> they do so by building weapons and threaten neighbors and people afar. They will come after you with every weapon, threat, rumor, true or untrue, tactic, including murder. If you don't believe me, I again invite you to talk to the indigenous peoples of the Americas. What are you, what you never understood is you you own nothing and the, and you, that you're only renting. You kill each other over paper, thinking that it represent, represents something. That paper can give you the things <clears throat> that you need. But when everything starts to unravel, and it will at some point, you will have to eat your money for fiber. They will never admit to the whole system as nothing but a con. So everyone just keeps the fiction going. 
you're convinced there isn't another way. You've never even had any real way of dealing with it or even discussed it. You gave up before you even tried. The Usans will never revolt. As macho as many act, many will be shitting their pants and running and falling on their own sword to get away. That's why they send your children to do the killing and dying all for all over property rights, where in reality you own nothing. And this is my, uh, <clears throat> I'm not a man of prayer, but I would say this is a prayer. It's called Crying Wind. After traveling underground, I rise into the light. I hear the chaos of our lives, but underneath the sound of a drum, the heartbeat of pain, passion, racing. Escalator pushes me off. I turn and see the drummer. Aged by the streets, the sad-eyed native with the blues, chants, and drums that drives the dancer. This aboriginal dancer dances from past memory, drowned in alcohol, fueled this by fury. This dance is his protection. He bobs, weaves, hands pump, jabs, eyes blacker than the deepest caves, long, dull black hair blows into his face, sticking to his skin. Divorced from himself as well as his people, he dances among the Americans with their manifest destiny eyes, who only see just another couple of drunken Indians. I know this dancer. He would pick a fight so he could feel something, anything, even if it was filled with hurt. His name was Crying Wind, and this is how he lived. I will truly never know all the things that drove him to this, but I do know this man was robbed. There is a story where one character who complains about all the drunk Indians, the other answers that maybe he ought to be glad that they're all drunk. Imagine what would happen if they all got sober. And I, I so long for that day. And every time you come in, what you what you bring to read fits in perfectly with this thread as it emerges. Is that right? Seems to. Well, that's that's when we've got the great spirit with us, blowing us along. When we're doing what we should be doing, everything falls into place. Is that and right, I Bill? certainly hope people did listen to the to the gentleman here in the beginning. There is a this is the seventh generation, as as uh, you probably know, since Wounded Knee. And this is the seventh generation, as prophecy says, this is the generation that will be doing it. So you guys out there are part of that. So it. ho. And we've got, we've uh -ho. Been, we, we, we take out what comes to us here in the Common Thread, uh, uh, the Common Thread Collective, and what emerges, emerges on the short-term basis, but sometimes also on the long-term basis, as we cast that wide night and find that common thread. As I used to say, at City. We called mention that in the city, in in the on the planet, and in the street, yep. doing more together than we can do on our own. And here is my brother Ari, and he's joined by somebody we met uh, met here when he was here last week, perhaps. Hi, Ari. Ari. Do you need another minute, Aria? Okay. Well, uh, well, while you get yourself ready up there, Richard, thank you so much for coming oh in, Richard, and uh, uh, thank you for reminding us of the seventh generation that we're in, and I feel like it, the alchemy is is rich and mixing. So let's let's keep let's keep that brew cooking. And uh, cooking wow, tonight. what a day, Dave! 
I want to do another one, and this is my jump-off place because I speak yeah. it and keep it cooking. I'm going back to where it all began in a way, to the Black Hills, where I'll be connecting with our indigenous brothers and sisters, and whatever we need to work out, we'll be working out in those circles. And I'll come back, back, brown as a berry, bright as a button, sharp as a tack, and have to get my shower clean as a whistle, able to bring back that spirit and go back and forth between the country and the city, between them, them and their hills, and here at sea level in the Mission District of San Francisco. Who could ask for anything more? <laughs> Fuck so, yeah, right? Sounds like a great plan, and, and me too. I'm going to be, uh, or again, to remind folks, we're taking two weeks off, so July 3rd and July 10th we'll be not hosting a live show here at Mutiny Radio, but again on the 17th, but I'm looking forward to some some time in, uh, some restful time uh, in nature and, and other places just to uh, rejuvenate and get back in touch with everything that is uh, essentially, well, our essence and essential, and uh, get get juiced up from the source and be back and ready to to roll again July 17th here at Mutiny Radio. Oh, right on. Oh, I see Johnny's here, but meanwhile... Aria. There's Aria. You're up for it. Yeah. You're down for it. And Aria's not going to be alone in this. He's going to be joined by... Yeah, in a moment I will. In a moment I will. Okay. Uh, my name is Aria. Good afternoon, everyone. And I play music under the name Manos Lindas. And uh, some really, really amazing, amazing uh, musicians before me. So I'm really humbled to be up here. And uh, let's give it up for Diamond Dave and Global Val for putting this on every week. This takes... It takes commitment. It takes commitment. So props to y'all. And uh, yeah, like today is a day, it's a win for equity. So, you know, there've been a lot of love songs. So I'm going to play my love song, which is just a revolution song. Thank you. 
Damn. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for everybody who was participating in that. Yeah. Manos lindas. Manos lindas. All right. So now a lot of y'all haters probably be thinking, Manos lindas can't do nothing on the bass without that pedal. Well, I'm about to tell all those haters they wrong. And I'm going to invite my, my amiga, uh, La Ladrona, from Trio Cambio <laughs> to come up here and do a poem while I play some bass. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective at MutinyRadio.fm, live here at the corner of 21st in Florida. Yeah, one of those is pretty short. There you go. Bueno, um, this song was inspired at a, a lecture by Marcus Shelby at the Red Poppy Art House. Um, he was speaking about the prison industrial complex. And uh, that night when I went home, I couldn't sleep. And I wrote this poem. And I'm really happy to be sharing it with Manos Lindas. Okay. Modern day slavery modern day slavery modern day slavery modern day slavery I'm living in a cell confined unidentified it's intervening with who I am Nature tells me I'm free to roam, breathe, laugh, grow. But in this cell, I cannot flourish. It's dark. I'm malnourished. Spiritually, my essence is damned, unrecognizable. As a human, why am I being murdered? The pace moves unpredictably. The slow torture of socially accepted abuse or the instant dimming of life provoked by a policeman's gun use. Another human's learns need to control by kill. To control by kill. Prove to be bigger than my mere essence. What is it about my essence? It is traced and defined by color. Black, brown, a mere color. In this cell, nature tells me I'm free to roam, breathe, laugh, and grow the way my heart inclines. The way my heart inclines. The way my heart inclines. My heart. My heart. My heart. My heart dies many times to spread the truth. My mere essence is nature's beauty that this racist system is consciously murdering. Modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. 
Modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. Hey, and uh, it's yeah, true. Sophia. Sophia. Hi. Wow. Uh, Sophia. And it's true that uh, that Marcus Selby is doing that on a regular basis now with the Red Poppy. Is, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he is. We yeah. take the mic back and tell us a bit about that. Yeah. And, um, and uh, sure glad to see you two together. You're working together, collaborating, because that's what we're about here is collaboration. You notice that, Ari? Doing more together than we can do on our own. Yeah. To that's get out of that box they put it in, called that box they put us in, called what? Modern day slavery. Bring it all back. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, um, at the Red Poppy Yard House, Marcus Shelby has been studying and also playing in a, as a musician, writing and teaching us about um, the prison industrial complex and all the different elements that it takes to to fund it and, and keep it going, and that it and how it exists and how it functions, and and, and in relation to that, how the blues has come from you know Afri African American experiences and how the blues is present and what it means um, and kind of relating that to the person industrial complex that affects you know, many African Americans and Latinos as well, uh, the minorities. And they're very powerful talks. It's not so much of a lecture in him speaking, but it's a conversation that happens seminar. among the people. Yeah. Seminar be a good word. Yeah. Kind of a self-jazz, extemporaneous jazz. And, uh, and let me tell you this. Marcus Shelby is an iconic figure in the history of San Francisco jazz and world jazz. Am I right? Yeah. This is an iconic figure going back to the day. Um, I ab absolutely. Um, I think a, a lot of these issues are rooted in our infrastructure, as we know, and we must work towards undoing that one piece at a time. Um, is it okay if I say something of course. else? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to totally change the topic. Because I saw that there will be no Common Thread Collective Friday, July 3rd and Friday, July 10th. I wanted to just invite everyone. Monoslindas will be playing in a Battle of the Bands on Friday, July 10th. And I'm going solo up against five other full bands, including like a 10-piece brass band that does nothing but covers. So I don't know how I'm going to fare against covers in a Battle of the Bands. But y'all are invited. Come and have fun. Yeah, all day. Oh, that's going to be at Music City in, ten in the Tenderloin. I believe it's uh, Music City rehearsal space. It's like Poke and Bush, I want to say. So thank you so much for your time. Big shout out to Sophia from Trio Cambio for coming and rocking with me. Uh, thank you, Global Valentine. And Dave. Yo. Thank you. Thank you, Aria. And, and actually, on the on the phone now, we've we got our, our, our phone call here from David Camp, who has called in... Um, I believe from the Canadian side of, of the UN Indigenous Peoples Movement and is on the phone right now. David Camp, are you with us? Can you hear us? Uh, yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. Yes, as, as, as David Williams told you, we talked to him earlier. We had Philip Scott in here uh, reading us the, the UN uh, charter that was signed today here in San Francisco. And I'd be uh, Diamond Dave. And uh, I'm from Minnesota on the Ojibwe side, and Ashambi, and Ashambi is on the Canadian side, and Ojibwe is the other side, we be the forest people, is that right? Uh, that is right. We're, we're, they're both Anishinaabe. Uh, That's right. And so we're, we've been talking about, we know about, uh, uh, we, we, I don't know more, coming out of Ottawa. 
are coming of the sisters, the goddess and the grandmothers, and here you are. Tell us a bit about the connection, what's happening, because this be the Common Thread Collective radio show, and uh, we're the more and more a voice of all of this with the spirit guiding us, and it's called Common Thread because we cast a wide net. We find that common thread. We let the life flourish and say, don't panic, keep it organic. So Davis, tell us what's happening. Tell, tell us what's happening there on your side of the indigenous UN and, and how it's all connected. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, what's happening is that the earth is being ravaged by climate change, oil pipelines, fracking, and uh, a lot of uh, uh, pollution, uh, toxins and like that. And actually the Indigenous People United Nations was created to actually uh, to reunite the ancient nations of the world, because actually there are uh, approximately 1,000 indigenous nations worldwide, and our, our vision is to unite them together to actually heal Mother Earth and to bring a new direction for humanity, which is a more spiritual uh, a brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity, so that we can live in peace, not uh, among each other, and have peace for Mother Earth also. As you can see, industrialization has uh, created a lot of damages to the Earth's uh, ecosystem and biosphere that it makes it really unsustainable. So uh, what we did in uh, today in um, uh, Montreal, and actually in Ottawa, sorry, in Ottawa, in uh, Canada, is actually the Anishinaabe Nation of the Ottawa River Watershed declared their independence from Canada and it was joined by uh, a nation in uh, British Columbia called the Second Aid Nation, uh, followed by the Mohawk Nation, and also the Zulu Nation in India. Have, so we have four nations today that declare independence. The reason why it was declared is actually to protect humanity uh, that has billions of lives at stake, not only for humanity, but also for the animals of the earth and also the sacred waters and the uh, sacred lands and animals itself also. David, what I say, the way I say it is declare your independence, acknowledge our interdependence. Take it away, brother. Uh, exactly. In and and let us know what's happening because we're going to we're, we're we're mutiny radio heard throughout the planet on the internet and this show is called the Common Thread Collective. So I'm going to be off for a couple of weeks because I'm going up to uh, uh, my uh, my my extended family is called the Rainbow Rainbow Family. Have you heard of the Rainbow Family? I believe we do. I, okay, there's a Canadian gathering up there in Anishinaabe land, uh, Anish Anish up there with the Anishinaabe people. Is that right? Actually, in 2010, I was at the Rainbow Gathering called Call, the Call of the Wolf. That was uh, one of the first. That was the very first year I made. Uh, I met actually uh, Native American people. But myself, I'm from the Hakka uh, people in uh, Asia, uh, which we founded the country of uh, Singapore in 1965. Oh, I heard that from David. So, yes. So that's right on. So that's connected. He mentioned that. I didn't know that was connected with you. So you're so you're an Asian-looking guy, is that right? Or a red nation guy? It would be nice to be able to put your picture up. 
Singapore. <laughs> what do you... Uh, my picture, uh, can I put a picture of a panda instead? You say, you put up on my Facebook page, you'll get around. Uh, go to Diamond Dave and you'll find me on Facebook. I'd love to be connected, because okay. we're connecting, bringing these tribes, I'd say, from the Aboriginal people of Australia all the way up to the north country of Siberia, the, 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 uh, the people, the Sunni people of Finland, and all the way across the country from the, from the, from the Antarctic to the Antarctic. How's that? And there are many, many, we're talking about millions of people when we're talking about a indigenous United Nations, aren't we? Uh, around, uh, we estimated about 500 million. 500 uh, million people. Right. And, but but, the, but one thing is that we have to remember, we're all indigenous to somewhere and we're all indigenous to Mother Earth also. So we actually have all our duty and our sacred duty uh, to protect Mother Earth. Yeah. Yes. And that's what we're about. It's about doing more together than any of us can do on our own. It's about getting on the same page, getting out of the box, and pushing that envelope, fighting one another. And as I said it before, it's time to declare our independence and acknowledge our interdependence. And and so exactly. And so, David, what is the what do you see as the next thing coming after after this uh, declarations of independence? that have been? Uh, well, the, the, the Declaration of Independence now is uh, there's two steps. Number one is uh, I have, uh, since we have a 16th at the United Nations General Assembly, uh, one of uh, my colleagues who is actually Luigi Coretti, who will be at the, uh, probably she's trying to get the United Nations for this week, so we can actually make the announcement at the General Assembly for the Declaration of Independence, and also, um, uh, also not only that, uh, we have to. Also, we're also discussing with several countries that are coming forward to recognize these indigenous nations as a sovereign and uh, independent nation state. So that's our next stage is actually uh, to get that uh, recognition from uh, the international community to take it to the next step my own my own step by the long march begins with a single step uh, I believe you heard that line uh, anyway and I'm on my way and we're going to be off there a couple weeks and been back so I'd like to call in in a couple weeks what's the date again uh, on the 17th but in between I got the, I got your declaration of independence and interdependence and I'm going up to the Black Hills the, the, where the seven tribes uh, the, 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 Outside the seven tribes are meeting outside. There is Pine Ridge, uh, Pine Ridge, uh, Rosebud, and and uh, uh, and Standing Rock, and the Comanche people too. I'm going with the with the Rainbow family to connect and sit in circle with the, with all of those folks. We all and I'll, I'll read the Declaration of Independence at all appropriate times. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we can actually, by working together, we'll be very united. And that, that's the only way we can attack, uh, not attack, but uh, to actually heal the system. Because uh, by working together, uh, I don't want to use any negative connotations like those words, but sometimes, you know, it comes up to my brain. <laughs> but we're trying to heal uh, the, the system that is not uh, working for everyone on this planet. It only works for uh, maybe 
Uh, 10% of the people oh, are 90%. Right. 1%, how about say that? How about say a, a few bankers, how about about 1% or even less? So I'm, so the way I say it, I'm not in, I'm healing that system, but what I see myself doing is building a new, uh, well, on one hand, a new system, but in fact, a very old system, the indigenous system in the ashes of the old, by doing what we're doing, declaring your, our independence and acknowledging our inter, interdependent, 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 and finding another one another and reaching out and getting on the same page, getting out of the box and pushing the envelope. That's what I'm about, brother. David? Uh, I have a friend here, Luigi Coretti, who is actually uh, one of the founding members of the Indigenous People United Nations, and he said he wants to say a couple of words. Oh, well, by all Luigi. means. Hey, Luigi. How you doing, guys? We're doing wonderful. This is exactly what we should be doing, so hey, we're doing well, wonderful. Welcome. Uh, on a beautiful day in San Francisco. Luigi, talk to us. This is the first of, I'm sure, will be many meetings on this show, Common Thread Collective. Take it away, brother. I'm just gonna tell you a, a few words. The cause is bigger than just one individual. The cause is bigger than just one person. And once we understand that, we will reteach and re-educate the people where were the traditions of the great, uh, great laws of peace. And once that comes together, all, all the four colors, all the four directions, and all aspects of the earth will come together. But the important thing is that the cause is bigger than any individual who's trying to fight for this cause. And that's the only way to do it. Even the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And thus we can say we, we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. And what, say, what came to me in 77, when I was thinking of an old man now, and that diverted to the great spirit, the goddess, she said, Learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. How about that, Luigi? That is great, my brother. Well, let's that keep my, really hey, my brother, hey, Luigi, I, uh, where are your roots? You got an Italian name, but are, are your roots are coming from the indigenous, uh, the, what indigenous uh, uh, lineage do, do you represent? Well, I'm actually part of the IPUN, and uh, I'm the uh, founding commissioner of uh, the new law enforcement office, uh, department for the Anishinaabe people. So uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to set them up properly with traditional laws and and enforcing uh, uh, rules that they have that uh, no more colonial people would try to attack them. Right. So, but in fact, my roots are, uh, are Ojibwe, that's Anishinaabe on my father's side from northern Minnesota near Red, Red Lake Reservation. And my mother is Jewish from the tribes, from, the, from, uh, from uh, Min Minsk. Her mother was Giddish speaking, and uh, they came together, and here I am. And my kids are Afro-American, so I'm casting a really wide net. And uh, here we are, here we are, bringing together the tribes. Hey, Luigi. Hey, David. Keep up the good work and we be in touch I can tell I can tell you one thing my brother being indigenous is not just a nationality but it's also a way of life fuck yes just remember that and uh, that's what you're searching for for sure and uh, here we are so let's get we're getting on the same page really out of the box and pushing the envelopes consider us to be not the voice but a, a voice of what it is we're talking about to be continued is that right Val 
That's right. And and thank you for calling in. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And the, the show, if you're interested in, in listening to it later, you can download it on our website, which is mutinyradio.fm. Uh, and we're here in San Francisco. And uh, the door's always open for you. And my uh, my email is D as in David, M as in Motley, N as in nobody, D as in David, and V as in Virgil, V as in... Violet, V as in DMND, v, DMNDV at hotmail.com. Con- connect to me. You can also find me on Facebook, just Diamond Dave San Francisco. Thanks a lot, brother. We be connected and to be continued. Here we are. And here is a, now representing the poets the tribe is my brother. In fact, this man does a web, does a website, a, fa- a page, where he talks, and there's E.K. Look at here's E.K. too. There's E.K. too. E.K. The poets are, are, are with us. The poets, the spoken <laughs> word, the poet word, from, uh, uh, from on the page to off the page, and the, the, the ancient way and the modern way coming together. So, hey, and you can find... Uh, you can find his brother Dan Brady. He does a uh, an account of all the open mics of which this is on. Is that right, Dan? This is on. Yes. Fuck it's yes. always been on, as they <laughs> say. Yeah, that, as they say. It's and the microphone's on. on, so I'm happy. So I'm on for it. I'm for <laughs> it. <around. laughs> I, I'm 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 thrilled that the microphone's on. <laughs> so Dan, Dan so simple Dan. things, you know. <laughs> uh, exactly. We're just, we're just thrilled just to be here with this great cast of characters of highly, highly motivated human beings who say that's what it's about, who know naturally it's about. Is that right, people? That's right. We're here so, with well, the word. So, hey, Dan, what did you bring? And then we got Dan, we got Johnny. He was taking the pictures. Is now our official, unofficial uh, f- photographer. Uh, photographer right here. He's coming on next. Meanwhile, hey, Dan Brady, what'd you bring the, to the plate today? Well, uh, everybody brings what they have to bring and nobody goes without around here. <laughs> Take it away. Well, this is uh, a first for me in several ways. Uh, this is a, a book called Orphan City, and it's my first book. And it's a collection of poetry that I wrote as a result of inspirations from children, actually. I was a teacher for a long time, and I gathered poetry prompts with the intention of using them, but I never had a chance to really use them. And um, so I decided to use the prompts. And some of them are, when I looked at the prompts, I responded to them as I would if I were a child, or as I would if I were an adult, which I am. Or I reflected back to the poets, the children, what they wrote. So um, I'm going to read this first one here. And um, this more or less reflects what they said. It's untitled. I have a history. I come from a people who do not know their name, who do not tell their stories, who do not know their tongue, who cannot hear their songs, who do not sing, who do not dance their dances, who do not know the names of their stars, who cannot eat the food they find here, who cannot grow their food, who cannot take what is given as value, who do not understand the thinking of this place, who cannot have the kind of houses that live, who cannot be brave or do good, who cannot make their way in this world, who are ignored, left aside, called names, hidden, kept invisible, lied to, lied about, lied with, for, and against. 
I come from a people, a people who have lost their love, who have lost their land, whose language is not written, whose words are not read, whose reason for being is questioned, who are measured, who are counted, who are not allowed, who do not own, who do not have, who do not have much left, who are asked for more, who are looked at funny, who are suspected, rejected, injected, and selected, who, after all that unending trial, who don't have a way to be and who are then asked, why? Why don't you care? I am not what I wear, not my Nikes, not my gender, not a boy, not my ethnicity, not an Arab, not my religion, not Muslim. I am not my nation, not American. I am not what I eat, rice and veggies. I am not my school, not my classmates, not my test score, nor my beautiful eyes, not my smooth skin, not my music, not my books, not my laughter, not what you can see, not what you can touch, hear, talk about, learn about, say about me. I am not anything you can measure. I am not what you think when you see me. I am not seen, not heard, not known for what I am, seen for what I love, or understood in ways that I understand. So that's the, that was more or less reflecting the things that I heard. Wow. Yeah. And I then um, this one is... Uh, my take on what they said, I took the prompt and then I responded to it. I guess this is also untitled. Do you worry about what you will wear, about what you will have for dinner, about what you will buy, about what you will do tomorrow, about what you want to watch, about who is seeing who and why, about what someone says about you, or do you worry about what food will be around today? if it will be too dangerous to go and get it or too far away. Which friend will die today? Who will come down the street, guns loaded? How you will get medicine if the hospital still exists and if you can get in and see someone about the pain, if the food is safe, if you are right, the right color, race, religion, ethnicity, caste, got the right prejudices, know when to be wary if you have the wrong hometown, parent, accent, clothes, flags, or prejudices. Worry, worry, worry. It's all some people can do. Oh. Can I read this last one? Is this all Oh, right? of course, okay. of course. So for that last one, so the prompt you were going to give the kids was, do you, what do you worry about? What do you worry about? What do you worry about? And so some of this was from the kids, and some of this was from me, and put it all together like in a, in a, in a mixture. Um, so this one here, um, the prompt was, once you hear the poem, you'll understand what the prompt was, <laughs> just like that one. What is your contribution? Where does your work go? What does your work do? How are you helping the world out day by day? What do you do to be responsible? What does knowing what you know make you do? How do you feel? What do you feel? Whom do you feel for? What is it, what is it you want to do? How do you want to do that? What do you want to do that for? What difference will it make? Why do you live? Why do we live? What difference does that make? When will you act? What is your satisfaction? What is your goal? What is our goal? What is the best goal? How do you help it? How are they you? How are you them? How is everybody the same? What does everybody want? 
What difference does that make? What difference does this make? What have I done? What have I done? Oh, man. Hey, Dan Brady. There you go. Those are questions. Oh, you're making, making di- a difference through poetry. Thank you, Dan Brady. The kids said it all. Like, you <laughs> know, kids, kids are, are so so clear and honest <laughs> in their Magical assessment. And so still every Wednesday over down. Oh, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Sacred Grounds. Bring your poetry and your soul. Hayes and Cole, 7 p.m. every Wednesday. All right, Dan Brady. Bring your soul hey, to Hayes and Cole. I know. It's E.K. E. Keith over here. E.K. How do you have everybody's here? So yeah. good to see you, sister. Glad to see you all too. How's how's the day going? Oh, oh it's been it's been an amazing day. We've been We're, given a lot of responsibility, a lot of things to contemplate, a lot of things to take on and to become a voice of. We're talking about the indigenous people of the planet. Five hundred million, is that what they said? Yeah, and million. coming together as the Indigenous UN, and we're going to be right. we're our voice the of that. Nations, it's the voice of the identification of the nation. Charter. So much to do, uh, Valerie. Was signed but anyway, today. Look, we keep That's taking on right. more and handling it, saying don't panic, keep it organic. So let's hear from UEK, and then Johnny is waiting with his guitar. All right. Johnny has to wait a few things, so take it away. Well, I have something kind of special today. Yeah, special is a special yeah. day. Yeah, because, you know, if, if anybody noticed that, like, San Francisco is feeling just, like, a little extra cool today, it it's because uh, thousands of librarians from all over America are congregating in San Francisco this weekend for the American Library Association oh conference. Whoa. So yeah, I was I attended some events today or a, an event, kind of an all-day workshop. And uh, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to share a little bit with you what I wrote because I'm a teacher librarian. And you know, my daughter, Grace, is a, is a librarian and a social worker and has her own branch in Brooklyn, the Pacific branch, in which she's the branch manager. Uh, she'll be coming in a couple of weeks, to, uh, but uh, she's not here today, but you're representing. Take it away. That's can. right. So, you know, a lot of people misunderstand what a teacher librarian does at a school. You know, they get an idea of, you know, what public librarians do and... But teacher librarians are kind of misunderstood. So recently, someone commented to me, it must be nice to have a job where you get to sit around and read all day, she said. It must be, but it's not my job, because I'm a teacher librarian. (laughs) I told her, come on, come on with me to the library if you want to see. I got to go. It's five minutes till lunch. And the technology meeting ran late. I've already taught a research skills lesson in a poetry class, and I got two poetry classes to go after lunch. What? What did you say about reading? Lunch, TikTok, 11.49, the library is quiet. TikTok, 11.50, the bell sounds. Sounds of a thousand teenagers released. The riptide pours into the library. 10, 20, 30, 70? I lose count. TikTok, 11.55. Could you show us that database thing for our global warming project? Tick tock, 11.58. Have you read Lolita? I check out six books, briefly explain patron-driven acquisition and hand over the request binder. Tick tock, 12.05. Cheerleader drama heats up by the couches. The earrings come off and I'm out there talking them down. Tick tock, 12.10. 
I know I told you about patron-driven acquisition, but we are never going to get a book on marijuana cultivation at a high school library. You gotta go to the public library for that. Tick-tock, 1217. Meanwhile, there's PDA of another sort in reference. Excuse me, I hate to stand in the way of true love, but we actually are at school. I check out more books, TikTok 1220. Um, I need to look up something for class, but people are playing games on the computers. So I cruise over to the computers. I say, wow, how'd you hack around the filter? Could you log off so she can look something up for class? TikTok 1226. Is this a good body paragraph? It's due next period. That's four minutes away. Tick tock, 12.30 bell sounds. The tide of teens ebbs. Maybe I can eat lunch today. Tick tock, 12.31. Hey, EK, can you meet with the 11th grade English team? We're doing a research paper on contemporary conflicts, so maybe you can teach on Monday and put together a research guide. Do you have any books on that also? And that's what it's like to be a teacher librarian. Yeah. Hey Dave. Yeah. Tell it like it is, EK. Always you do. You always and do. Now here we have another teacher. I'm talking about Johnny. Hey guys. Here's Johnny. Give us a couple songs. Here's Johnny. Well, as you know, today's a momentous day for a number of reasons. But one of them has to do with this song. So uh Everybody can pretty much do what they want in the 50 states now, which is as it should be. Yay! Yeah! Something quite beautiful is happening today. People are getting married now that it's okay. Unconditional love knows no boundaries I've been aware of this emotional bliss since the day that you found me well the times they are forever changing sometimes for better or worse that is true but right now is always the best of times to be happily in love with you so do you want to get married let's take the vow it doesn't matter who we are, the time is now. We've won the right to be together in that most joyful harmony. So do you want to get married? Will you marry me? Old traditional ways tend to cling to their purity. But the truths they may convey shouldn't be doomed to obscurity. Two souls becoming one is most beautiful, however it's done. And now those wedding bells can sing to everyone. Do you want to get married? Let's take the vow. It doesn't matter who we are, the time is now. We've won the right to be together joyful of harmony do you want to get married will you marry me do you want to get married will you marry me go and 
to the chapel, they can't stop us from getting married. Going to the chapel, they can't stop us from getting married. People who love each other have won the right to be married. Gonna put that ring on your finger today. Do you want to get married? Let's take the vow. It doesn't matter who we are, the time is now. We won the right to be together in that most joyful harmony. Do you want to get married? Will you marry me? Do you want to get married? Will you marry me? Yes. Full, full a momentous of day today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Hey, Val, am I going to have time for two? Oh, yeah. More? One, just one more? Or can, yeah, I, can one I, more, I one more? Okay, cool. No, that's cool. Okay, I want to make sure. Wait, we might actually. Well, to have, sing us another one, Johnny. Okay. The other one is short, too. Though. Okay. This one is for Diamond Dave. It's kind of a send-off. It has multiple meanings, but it's particularly written because Diamond Dave's going off to the rainbow. and There we go. Okay, yeah. So this was written for this. <laughs> I say, ready or not, here we come. Got that rainbow future in our sights, gonna get us some. Make this world the kind of place where there's room for everyone. I say, ready or not, here we come. I say, ready or not, here we come. From the cities to the forests, through the fields we will go. Up the mountains, down the canyons like a river we will flow. Seeds of hope and empathy will watch the beauty grow, and it won't matter where any one of us is from. Because, ready or not, here we come. I say, ready or not, here we come. Got that rainbow future in our sights, gonna get us some. Make this world the kind of place where there's room for everyone. I say, Just like a game of hide and seek, we've closed our eyes to come what may. Not knowing where the truth lay hidden, we've let so many slip away. But now the counting's all but ended, and there's no more time to play. All the oxen free, I say. With the hiding over, we are oh so done. Oh, ready or not, here we come. Yeah, I say ready or not, here we come. Gonna get us some. Make this world the kind of place where there's room for everyone. I say, ready or not, here we come. Oh, ready or not, here we come. It's a picture so much bigger than what most will choose to see. But once we let go of our egos, we can join the harmony of the rainbow family. I say ready or not, here we come. 
sure in our sight gonna get us some Make this world the kind of place where there's room for everyone I say, ready or not, here we come Oh, ready or not, here we come I say, ready or not, here we come Yeah, okay That one's for you, Dave Here we go Oh, man what do you think? One more or are we done? Let's see here. We have time for one more. Yes. Cool. This one's a short one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no problem. John. Okay. This goes back to our first theme. It's just a traditional little bit of wedding stuff. When I first saw you, I knew Wishes do come true And all that was left to say Is I do, I do, I do Sometimes in our lives We have to look away To see what's truly there To know what we need to say just maybe in those moments when we face our most precious truths the simplest thing to say is I do 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 love you I do I do I do I do, I do, I do We all have our hopes Our wants, desires, and dreams From the first time I saw you Oh, how much more real that all seemed And just maybe through tears of joy We can wash any fears away All it takes is for both of us to say I do, I do love you. I do, I do, I do. As we create this life together, through sickness and in health, for worse or better, I offer myself to always be right next to you. All we've got to say is those two beautiful words I do I do, I do, I do I do, I do, I do I do, I do, I do love you I do, I do, I do I do, I do, I do there we go, and that goes along with the first one. So now we're complete set for the day. 
totally full of love and commitment to love. And thank you, Johnny Nouveau Coke. And thank you for coming through and taking uh, so many awesome pictures of our show. And, and so people can actually see what's happening. Um, yeah, always a pleasure. And anybody who wants to find them, I think Diamond Dave just usually links through... Um, you know, he usually sets up a link to it. And if not, my Facebook is Nouveau Coke. Just find that. And it's all open to the public. So, yeah, cool. Word. Word. And along those lines, we here at the Common Thread Collective are committed to having this space here at Mutiny Radio. And uh, so happy to be here every week, week in, week out. And speaking of weeks out, Another reminder, next week is July 3rd, and the week after that is July 10th. We are taking a break. We're taking a hiatus uh, to take a little restorative break, and Dave will be out of town, and, uh, well, I'll be doing my thing. And then we'll be back here live July 17th, so don't fret. Uh, download the podcasts from the previous shows. There's so many up there. And if you're looking at, at our podcast list up there and you think, that used to be longer, don't worry. There's a lot of old archives that we, we still have saved, um, and we're just waiting for our new website to go up. So if you want to contribute to Mutiny Radio and help us build that new website, uh, get our server set up so that all the shows, going back to like 2011, I think, have been saved, um, you can help us out. Go to the Mutiny Radio GoFundMe, 3K in 30 days, and um, or come to, there's a few more events happening around the station, too, so just check us out and uh thanks for listening that is support so hey Val. i'm about to i'll be jumping out of here it's been a great and amazing show which has given me the energy to get all the way to uh, the black hills of south dakota and bring it there and then bring back what i bring back everybody gives what they have to give and nobody goes without are you going to run like a road runner uh, well, in, in my mind, I will be right up that <laughs> up uh, that hill wherever we happen to be, above in the hills, above Hill City, uh, in South Dakota. I'll run up there like a roadrunner for sure, <laughs> leaving leaving the other transportation behind, and it'd be my feet. And here be James. Take it away, James. Take it away, Max. Love you guys. Love you, Dave. It's the philosopher, Mr. J. Krishnamurti, from his notebook. The function of the mind is to be separated. Otherwise, your mind is not there. Having cultivated this process for centuries, we find we cannot cooperate. We can only be urged, compelled, driven by authority, fear, either economic or religious. If that is the actual state, not only consciously, but also at the deeper levels and our motives, our intentions, our pursuits. How can there be cooperation? How can there be an intelligent coming together to do something? As that is almost impossible, religions and organized social parties Force the individual to certain forms of discipline. Discipline then becomes imperative if we want to come together to do things together. Until we understand how to transcend this separative thinking, this process of giving emphasis to the me, to the mind, whether in the collective form or individual 
form. We shall not have peace. We shall have constant conflict and war. Our problem is how to bring an end to the separative process of thought. Can that ever destroy the cell? Thought being in the process of verbalization, of reaction. Thought is nothing else but reaction. Thought is not creative. And such thought put an end to itself. That is what we are. That's what we're trying to find out. When I think along these lines, when I think along these lines, I must discipline. I must think more properly. I must be this or that. Thought is compelling itself. Urging itself, disciplining itself be something or not to be something. Is that not a process of isolation? It is therefore not that integrated intelligence which functions as a whole, from which alone there can be cooperation. How are you to come to the end of thought? Or rather, how is thought, which is isolated, fragmentary and partial to come to an end. How do you set about it? Will your so-called discipline destroy it? Obviously, you have not succeeded all these years. Otherwise, you'd not be here. Please examine the disciplining process, <laughs> which is solely a thought process in which there is subjugation, repression, control, domination, all afflicting the unconscious, which asserts itself later as you grow older. Having tried for such a long time to no purpose, you must have found that discipline is obviously not the process to destroy the self. Self cannot be destroyed through discipline because discipline is a process of strengthening the self. Yet all your religions support it. All your meditations, your assertions, are based on this. Will knowledge destroy the self? Will belief destroy it? In other words, will anything that we are at present doing, any of the activities in which we are present engaged in order to get at the root of the self, will any of that succeed? Is not all this a fundamental waste in a thought process, which is a process of isolation, of reaction? What do you do when you realize fundamentally, deeply, that thought cannot end itself? What happens? Watch yourself. When you're fully aware of this fact, what happens? You understand that any reaction is conditioned and that, through conditioning, there can be no freedom, either at the beginning or at the end. And freedom is always at the beginning, not at the end. When you realize that any reaction is a form of conditioning, and 
therefore gives continuity to the self in different ways. What actually takes place? You must be very clear on this matter. Belief, knowledge, discipline, experience, the whole process of achieving a result or an end. Ambition, becoming something in this life or in a future life. All these are a process of isolation, a process which brings destruction, misery. From which there is no escape through collective action. Hmm. However much you may be threatened with concentration camps and all the rest of it. Are you aware of this fact? What is the state of the mind which says, it is so? That is my problem. That is exactly where I am. I see what knowledge and discipline can do, what ambition does. Surely, if you see all that, there's already a different process at work. We see the ways of the intellect, but we do not see the way of love. The way of love is not to be found through the intellect. The intellect all of its ramifications, with all its desires, ambitions, pursuits, must come to an end for love to come into existence. Don't you know that when you love, you cooperate? You're not thinking of yourself. Ah, that is the highest form of intelligence. Not when you love as a superior entity or when you are in a good position which is nothing but fear. When your vested interests are there, there can be no love. There is only the process of exploitation born of fear. So love can come into being only when the mind is not there. Therefore, we must understand the whole process of the mind, the functions of the mind. It is only when we know how to love each other that there can be cooperation, that there can be intelligent functioning, a coming together over any question. Only then is it possible to find out what God is, what truth is. Now, we are trying to find truth through intellect, through imitation, which is idolatry. Only when you discard completely through understanding the whole process, the whole structure of the self, can that which is eternal, timeless, immeasurable, come into being. You cannot go to it. It comes to you. Thank you, James Ellis, for reading Jay Krishnamurti. And Max for playing guitar. What a great collaboration. I'm being, I'm being woven. The way is full, full of genuine sacrifice. The thickets blocking the path are anything that keeps, from, keeps you from that. Any fear that, any, any fear that you may be broken to bits like a glass bottle. 
The throw demands courage and stamina. Yet it's full of footprints. Who are your companions? There are rungs in your ladder. Use them. With company, you quicken your ascent. And this is my poem for heading out, heading across the country, going to the Black Hills with companions. Where I'm going, the family, the family's known and unknown. You may be happy enough going along, but with others, you go farther and faster. That's what this poem, with others, on the common thread, we go farther and faster. Is that right, people? Yeah, Dave. Somebody goes cheerfully by himself to the custom house to pay his, his traveler's tax. We even go more lightheartedly with friends when friends are with him. Every prophet, solid companions. A wall standing alone is useless. But put uh, three or four walls together and those, and those support a roof and keep the grain dry and safe. When ink, when ink joins with a pen, then the, black paper, the blank paper can say something. Rushes and readies must be woven to be useful as a mat. If they weren't interlaced, the wind would blow them away. Like that, God paired up creatures and gave them friendship. This is how the fowler and the bird were arguing about a medic living and Islam. As a prolonged debate, shorten their cross of controversy. Make the Mathami more nimble and less lumbering. Again, sounds more appealing to the death, to the heart's ear. And that's why I want to end with this. The whole is greatness of its parts. And we're doing more together than any of us can do on our own. Is that right? And thanks for all you do. And I'm going to end with that as I began. Declare your independence. Acknowledge our interdependence. Hey, Val, thanks for all you do. Thanks, everybody, for all they do. And every Friday we show that something's happening, something's going on. A step of that journey, not alone, but well taken, together, together, and go on to the Black Hills and beyond. I love you all. And here, for the next couple of weeks, I'll be gone, gone. But I'll come back full of vim, vigor, and vitality, saying, declare your independence, acknowledge your interdependence. Take it away, Val. All right, Dave. Well, before you go, I'm going to read uh, something that I wrote. It's a poem, but it, but it was based on some dreams I had as I was healing about a year or so, year and a half ago now. And uh, you're, you, you play a little bit of a role. So here, here we go. And it's been a, a beautiful show here today, the Common Thread Collective, celebrating uh, indigenous peoples, of which we all are indigenous to this earth in one way or another. And... Um, the declarations of, of independence and, and the, the wisdom that, that, is, uh, that is held within us. And so here we go. I'm going to let you go with this one from some dreams. Walking through the ruins of art, as James and I are want to do for fun from time to time, purposefully deconstructed statue forms, Large, billowing fantasy horses and static pillow-down shocked expressions. Contrived black-and-white conch-shell refabs. We laugh, but I find some things I like. The fact that these galleries have now mostly been abandoned, now wallowing into its intended forgottenness, left in dark gray shadows in wispy wind tunnels of an unguarded mall, showing us how small all of it ever was. As the afternoon starts to get late, 
I begin looking to find a quiet place to retreat, but not before I stand on a brink. I look to the street, the canal paved for a system to flow, and have a vision that folks have looted or otherwise withdrawn all forms of metallic wealth, coins, bars, ceramics, and other instruments of man-made concepts of wealth, and are pounding them into the streets, into this canal, literally pounding it back into the ground, creating a new passageway out of the old for the, for the real human potential to flow once again. And across the chasm, I see Diamond Dave. He's caught up in conversation over which I hear him explain, people have asked me, what's the end of the world gonna look like? And I always tell him, I think we know what we know when we see it. His voice carries up and I try to yell to him, but my voice does the same and we're left to our own trajectories. Back now, on my own quest for solitude and rest in this semi-secluse, oddly open space, turning down lights in very lightly opaque and naked spaces. The fact remains that I'm looking to be left alone, and mostly I am, hesitating to leave in case I am locked out again. There's no real worry, because this space is always open, and I'm mostly left to it. Much like the oversized shell, I can retreat in and explore outside. Nothing is locked, nothing is stolen, not even space. All is and are safe. Amidst the plazas, I explore one woman sings while another spins and dances. I note her healing sounds, its modern spin and its ancient rhythm. Oh, what today, 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 and it is joyful. So cool. I, I love you all, and I'll see you in a few weeks. The Western Hemisphere in the first 400 years' time, starting in 1492. To those who have kept their homelands, and to the nations extinct due to mass slaughter, slavery, deportation, and disease unknown to them, and to the ones who are subjected to the same treatment today, to the ones who survived the relocations, and the ones who died along the way, to those who carried on traditions and lived strong among their people, to those who left their communities by force or by choice, and through generations no longer know who they are. To those who search and never find, to those that turn away the so-called non-accepted, to those that bring us together, and to those living outside keeping touch, the voice for many. To those that make it back to live and fight the struggles of their people, to those that give up and those who do not care, to those who abuse themselves and others, and those who revive again, to those who are physically, mentally, or spiritually incapable by accident or by birth. 
to those who seek strength in our spirituality and ways of life, and those who exploit it, even our own. To those who fall for the lies and join the dividing lines that keep us fighting amongst each other. To the outsiders who step in, good or bad, and those of us who don't know better. To the leaders and prisoners of war, politics, crime, race, and religion, innocent or guilty. To the young, the old, the living, and the dead. To our brothers and sisters and all living things across Mother Earth, and her beauty we've destroyed and denied the honor that the Creator has given each individual. The truth that lies in our hearts, all my relations.
Good morning to you. This is The Bee, and you're tuned to Mutiny Radio. It's Saturday morning. Between 10 and 12 every Saturday, we bring you our labor magazine. The name of the show is Labor and Love, and we're located here at 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida in San Francisco's Mission District. Labor and Love is the show where we tell you like it is. More about that later. Remember, you got to serve somebody. You may know how to cut hair 
Maybe somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. was of course Bob Dylan you got to serve somebody in your life you will often come into situations where you can serve one side or the other let's call them capital and labor by the choices you make you will help in the sum capital or in the sum you will help labor you will help make the world a better place or will help make the world a place where billionaires can make better money. Uh, this is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. So today we celebrate a great American composer, Willie Dixon, but more about that later. Born July 1st. 1914, I want to say. And we're also going to hear from this gentleman. Back east they say he's leaving home every day Beating the hot old dusty way to the California line Across the desert sands they roll Getting out of that old dust bowl They think they're going to a sugar bowl But here's what they find Now the police at the port of entry say You're number 14,000 for today 